Nerds International proudly presents... We've discovered the best video on the internet, everyone. Possible the best video. <laughs> possible. I've seen it yet. Possible <laughs> the best LARP video ever made. That's what it's called. It's called Possible the best LARP <laughs> video ever made. It's it's great. So, it? no, you can't see it, Nick. Oh, okay. You've got you to watch it extracurricular. Okay, and right. this is... I would I recommend all of our fans to, to watch this too, because... If you want to see a bunch of um, school children sh- li- literally shouting for 10 minutes straight, oh. hitting a plastic baby with foam swords. <laughs> and if you want to see a guy a guy dressed in, in a sombrero and a poncho fighting Iron Man, with a, a wizard. Yeah, Iron yeah. Man with a hoodie on, a wizard, uh, Donald Trump. A dude with an extremely long hammer. Yeah, it's wow. it's like it has no business being that long. It's an OP hammer. I tell you what, let's stop listening to this and go check that out. There's there's a bit where he swings it around like like so mentally and takes out three dudes. And and there's a guy with no shirt on with a balaclava and thinks two, he's a ninja. Yeah, he's got two oh, swords. He's just diving into people. It looks that, like he's just moshing. And they never stops. They never stop <laughs> shouting. Yeah, never. there's not a quiet moment up until the very end when it finishes. And there appears to be no rules as well. There's a bit Nick where somebody tries to do like an epic kill on somebody like there's 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 somebody on the floor and this guy just sort of like he he pulls the sword up and stabs it downward into the guy and the sword just bends <laughs> mate <laughs> it is it is a cracking video it's we'll one link it. yeah and it's called possible the best larp video ever made possible possible <laughs> yeah so it's possible the best larp video and um i just want to say guys we're about to get on with the show but you're going to notice a few differences so no. let's do it, shall we? Yeah, that's shall we do it, ladies? Yeah, we're doing it. Shall we do it, ladies? We're doing ladies. it. Ladies. <laughs> yes, yeah, do let's it. Go. All right. This is the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt, and with me, I have Nick Lamley. Hi. And James Clark. Hi. Why did you guys say it like that? Hi. I, I know I called you ladies a minute ago, but you didn't need to be quite as effeminate as you are. Sorry. And this is an RPG podcast where we talk about tabletop RPGs and everything surrounding the hobby. And today we've got a show so jam-packed for you. It's going to be unbelievable. But what, why have we changed the name of the podcast? Because we're giving the show a little bit of a facelift. We're doing a soft rebrand here yeah, for freshen you. Freshen up. Freshen up. That's all it is. We've we've given it a bit of a, a bit of a spritz, mm-hmm. and the, re- the reason being basically is because with twats in the name, nobody can share it on their <laughs> Facebook. Nothing yeah. else. That's all it is. But the actual content of the show is not going to change. We no. can still th- say things. We can still say things like fart. Yeah, Whoa, you know, and, and poppycock. <laughs> Whoa, James, slow down. I'm what about, sorry. Right? What about big old hairy bollocks? <laughs> Nick, Nick, sorry. Nick, <laughs> Nick, get out. All right, sorry. Get, my mum listens to this. <laughs> you cunt. Nick, you're so fucking rude. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, today we have got the feedback side where we where we uh, talk about your feedback. We got what you've been slaying. Where we talk about the games we've been playing. We got the main subject, which today is going to be the Satanic Panic. Mm. Back in the day, we've got uh, we've got our famous segments: Dragon or Blagging. We've got Demonic Blind Date. We got What That. We got Electro Letters, and we've got our award-winning outro. Yeah. So, 
Let's not muck about. Let's not bollock about. Let's get on with it, ladies and gentlemen, with the feedback side. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch, the feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So the first bit of feedback comes in from Owen Lean. Last uh, episode, right, at the end of the show, I included kind of a uh, outro music that had a sound of a horse in it. <laughs> yeah. And Owen Leaney comes in, he says, I listened to it on the way to and from work today. And when the horse effect on the outro played, I looked up to see where it came from. Then suddenly realised it must have been the podcast because there can't be a horse on the train. <laughs> Why can't there be a horse on the train? I know. Isn't that out of order? A That's a bit horse-ish. horse-ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor horses. Look, horses should be able to ride trains, people. Yeah. It's 2019. All right. I see a great meme the other day, and it was like horse-drawn cart, and then below it was like um, nowadays. Obviously, you have horses that go into the back of trailers and get driven around. It's like well played, horse. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> so next one comes in from an anonymous listener, and the anon says, "You re- you're really giving it to Peg on this one, huh? He he." You don't run games online. You can't appreciate the value of a digital pack. What he's referencing there is that uh, our sort of on our yearly awards show, we gave Pinnacle uh, worst was it worst Kickstarter stretch goal for giving out cards um, for, as a Kickstarter stretch goal that were digital only. And yeah. you can't something can't be a card if it's not on card. So they should be um, called five hundred thousand dollar JPEGs, not cards. Yeah, or at least you know. As, as he's put there, um, digital cards. And um, he, he's 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 wrong, right? Because we've run one game online. Oh, so so, yeah, so yeah. fuck you, yeah. guy. Okay. Actually, tell you what, no, more than one because well, we've done a few in the past as well. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. run we've run quite a few games online. And I will say this: I ran a whole campaign online, and I can appreciate the value of a digital pack. It's less. <laughs> All right. So uh, get out. Of have some half, of that. Less than half a mil. That's for sure. <laughs> put, put that in your pipe and smoke. I don't know why I'm so confrontational. What's wrong with me? I hadn't slept well last night. <laughs> we both had fever dreams. Exactly. Um, so next one comes in from Lohen Grinning. He's a Reddit user and he talks about our Sword World episode. Oh, yeah. And he says, I started listening to this review because I was curious about world. <laughs> That's not a good place to start. I mean, come on, mate. But podcast takes over 35 minutes to even start talking about the topic. He's, he is right there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The content behind that point was actually goof. <laughs> <laughs> and inf- is that good or bad? I don't know, man. And informative. Okay. But I would strongly suggest short the opening banter or moving of the discussion to the end. Uh, well, to be fair, we have every time we do an episode, we do say we really need to shorten the uh, what we've been playing segment. Yeah, and we we just, we just fucking can't help it. Yeah, we waffle on. <laughs> I don't know. It's a curse, Logan yeah, Grinning. We're trying. We, to be fair, though, right? If you really are hating that, and I don't want to suggest this, but you know, we we tell you the order of the entire podcast at the beginning. Could skip. So you can you could skip. skip it, but that is uh, I don't know. What if you're driving a car? Actually, you know what? If you're driving a car, try and skip it. It could be a fun challenge. You never know. No, yeah. no actually, don't do, do not that. do that. No, do don't not. do that. No, you know what? We, you are right. We do need to shorten it down, and we're going to try our absolute best on this episode. But yes. if we fail, we don't care. It's your fault. It's your fault, low and grinning. <laughs> yeah, I'm you sorry need to know that. more about world. As some keen-eared listeners may remember, we had some fan fiction written about us by a nutter. And that nutter has uh, followed up by sending us an email. Joe Jower, she comes in and says, uh, well, the subject of the email was, thank you. 
and she follows up by saying, OMG, I did not think you would read out my silly story. Lolly and me both listened and we laughed the most. <laughs> I'm sorry if rape scene was bad. Yes, it was. I get rid of it for next time. I'm writing chapter two now. Oh, God. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. Joe Jower, La Weirdo. Weirdo. Kiss, kiss. We did specifically say not to write anymore. <laughs> so... What are you doing? You'd not listened. You know, but, you know, what are we going to do, eh? What are we going to do? We can't stop people. <laughs> we can't take away your freedoms, Jojo Howard. But all we can say, all we can do is advise you. Give up. Find a different career than writing. <laughs> no, you have I, you have no talent. I know. Why don't you learn English? I'm sure there's English teaching podcasts out there. Why don't you try that? Listen instead? to one of those. Yeah. yeah, instead of this. Or maybe go to school. <laughs> James, what? Let's Wait, not we be mean. Okay, let's not be mean. Sense. Okay, right. Let's let's dial it back. I'll edit that out. Right. Yeah, you won't. You your writing is good. It's a good place to start using established characters that you know well. Yes. Um, famous to, too. F- extremely famous. <laughs> but you need to work on it. For we love you. I don't that was so insincere. And that's it for feedback this time. Let's move on to what we've been playing. In what you've been slaying. Yes. Good times. And it's one of these. Oi. Yeah? What you slaying? All right. So first up, of course, we've been continuing our GenLab Alpha campaign. Um, I'm not really going to go into much detail with this one. Uh, still loving it. Still loving it. Yeah. Suffice to say, this is a campaign where you play as uh, half-human, half-animal hybrids in a uh, kind of massive outdoor facility and you have to fight off evil watchers and wardens and have other tribes of animals. It's really good. Check it out if you can. It uses the Mutant Year Zero system. Mm -hmm. But moving on, right? So one of the systems that we really like is Savage Worlds, okay? And this is a system that really favours cinematic play. It has an ascending dice chain mechanic um, so if you're better at something you'll have a d6 then a d8 and a d10 um, and you have bennies that you can use for rerolls that's the best way I can describe the system mm-hmm. and they've just released their new version and to, I'd say two of the biggest changes that they've made is first off is the magic is different now you can alter it using bennies or by making the spell more difficult kind of thing so let's say you've got like a really basic spell like bolt for example Mm -hmm. which is just a damaging spell it's like your magic missile type basic spell right now you can use uh spend bennies which are like these resources that you get for kind of doing cool stuff or for doing daring actions you can now spend those tokens to to make spells more powerful go over bigger distance have different effects things like this and that's one of the biggest things that i think is a cool change to the system so i've been playing two games rippers which is like demon slaying in victorian era kind of thing and i've been playing last parsec which actually is award-winningly bad but um (laughs) the the thing about it is is that i've been playing iron gate which is a setting within last parsec yeah that actually makes it quite good because it's all set on a prison planet and so it's not as generic sci-fi as last parsec usually is yeah anyway during the last parsec game i use these new magic rules because i'm playing a vending machine robot and the way the magic works is that um (laughs) Every time I use the bolt spell, I'm vending some frozen food. So he's, he, he's like a replicator from Star Trek. Yeah. And there was a point, right, where we had this gigantic map. Like, Matt, the GM, right? He, he put this massive map down on the table. And our boss, like, he's this kind of crime guy, I think, 
uh, like it's kind of works like the Yakuza, he, he's being kidnapped. We get back to the office and these people have just taken him off. We burst out the door and like over like fucking like a hundred spaces on the map. He's over, these people are over there and they're like taking our boss and I'm like, unhand him, fool, or I will destroy you. And they're miles away. So the woman's like, oh yeah, show us what you got. And I just went, right, I'm spending uh, loads of bennies and shit loads of PowerPoints. Oh no, it's not bennies that you use. I'm, I'm being an idiot, but it's, you can spend extra PowerPoints to upgrade the spells. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um... Yeah, basically, I spend a bunch of extra power points and upgrade my spell, and I upgrade it so it goes over a super long distance and does extra damage. <laughs> so she's like, "Show us what you got," thinking that I can't hit her, right? And then I just boom, frozen chicken flies across the room, donks her on the head, and kills her in one hit. It's like a cannonball. Yeah. So she was the she's the main bad guy. So in in Savage Worlds, the main bad guys have more can take more damage than than like extras like yeah. mooks, you know, goons. And she it was just like boom chicken just goes flies through the air boof, right in the head she goes down in one hit and I'm just like yeah bended yeah and then, and then that's when the fight starts up and we all start all the bad guys are running in all directions we're chasing them like it's crazy man sounds fun yeah so I like the new magic system I f- uh, sorry I forgot at the beginning there it wasn't Benny's it's PowerPoint so you can spend extra PowerPoints or make the spells more difficult uh, if you're playing a PowerPointless system for, for example Solomon Kane. That's one of the cool things. The other thing, uh, one of the main things is like they've changed the chase system now. Yep. Now, as anybody, as any real RPG player will know, chase rules, nobody ever likes them. No. Or at least in any game, people can't agree on if they're good or not, yeah. right? I don't like them. Mm-mm. So there was there was this old version that they made, and I won't go into that, but like now they've they've upgraded it into into this thing where you sort of lay out a bunch of cards on the table and that kind of represents the terrain because if what happens is everyone gets dealt cards for initiative right and if you get dealt a club that's a complication Mm -hmm. and depending on which card you're on on the terrain now this is hard to explain but depending on which card you're on like you're running along it right yeah uh, as like this sequence of cards that that will change what the complication is okay so let's say for instance you're running along and you're on a heart but then you get dealt a club for initiative it'll be like rocky ground do a maneuver roll otherwise you trip up or something yeah, like yeah. that right okay. yep then mm-hmm. each turn you also get two actions you get one minor one major mm-hmm. and the minor can be something like okay you can change position then for your major you do a ram yeah, yeah. And I think, as far as I recall call correctly, the RAM, you get the plus two when you do the major and you get plus nothing for doing the minor. Right. That's about it. But the chases take fucking forever. Now, I've seen everyone I've played with is kind of making the excuse that it's because we're new and we don't know it. But then the way I put it is this. Like, uh, I was talking to my mates the other day about it and we, we kind of like said, you know, when whenever we sit down and play a game, mm-hmm. like, it's never clunky when we first play it. No. Like, it never is, because we've all yeah. read the rules. We all, are like, the DM read the rules, we know it. And these chase rules, we've we've all, well, everyone that's playing it, everyone that's running it, has read through it. Yeah. I just think the rules themselves are a bit clunky yeah. and hard to get, hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. And the chase rules are not are not really good. But fortunately, they do have quick chase rules in there. Better. So you can just quickly, like, or it's like a quick encounters rule or something yeah, like that's that. Cool. So it does say if you want a quick and dirty chase, just use those instead. You're probably more likely to you throw them in as well because if it's not going to like kill a half a session doing a chase, then you're just like right, it's a good opportunity to throw a quick chase in, keeps excitement going. Yeah. Move on, you know. Yeah, it's the quick yeah. encounter. And if you just want to have a quick bit where somebody's legging it for an alley and mm-hmm. you want to catch them, do that instead. Wicked. Other than that, um, I 
personally I'm liking it a lot mm-hmm. um, the book is is, is lovely um, the only thing is that as we predicted you know the price point is an issue for some people because it's like 30 40 dollars now um, but you know that means that there are some people like a couple of our mates that are in our group are saying yeah I'm just flat out not buying it mm. I'm just going to get the errata yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that is a problem for some people because the the thing about Savage Deluxe, the previous edition, was that it was a tenner, and that know? was one of its biggest selling points because people that didn't start, you know, pe- new peoples to the hobby, new peoples, new peoples, uh, people that are starting out in the hobby and weren't too sure where they were going to start and they wanted a good game that you can pick up quite easily rather than going to like D and D and having to buy a million books or, or whatever. It was like, look, here's a whole game. For a ten pound, the rules are pretty straightforward. You can have a quick read through it and start start getting into the to, into the sport, into the hobby. Whereas yeah, now sport, it's like definitely. they've just kind of muscled out that whole area of newbies that aren't, might not want to spend forty quid on a book or thirty quid on a book to get started. Yeah. It's a shame. I think the only thing I will say is that sometimes there is also a, a sort of a psychological thing of when when a book costs more. Some people feel more invested in it once they get it mm-hmm. to try and get people to actually play it and also to try and get into it and understand it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've the amount of Savage Worlds copies I've given out over the years and people haven't ever bothered to run it. Mm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're trying to pedal that for ages, isn't we? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe maybe that will change now. But is the, uh, are they bringing the deluxe edition out of out of print or will it continue to be as far as I recall, um, sold as well? I think it's already out of print. Right. So, okay. there we go. But... Um, you know, there's still copies hanging about. You'll probably be able to get them really cheap. Have you seen how much Explorer's Edition goes for now? No. You can get it for a penny on fucking eBay. Really? Yeah, for serious, yeah. How much is my... You know that hardback one, the original one I've got? The first ever Get out for about a fiver as is well. Really? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was, thought was going to be a... Still yeah, cool to have. have saying, yeah, no, I like it. The art is fantastic, actually. But obviously, as you guys know, um, you know, Christmas has just passed... I mean, not for everyone else, but it, that was ages ago now. But <laughs> fucking, we usually talk in this segment about recent purchases and stuff like this, so that you guys can uh, uh, maybe have some cool stuff to check out if, yeah. if you fancy. And 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 over Christmas, we got some uh, pretty pretty cool stuff. You know, we people people opened their hearts and wallets and got us some lovely gifts for Christmas. So <laughs> let's have a little natter about that kind of stuff yeah. because. First up, um, I, I got a uh, all rolled up from my buddy Gary. Welcome to the pu- welcome to the club, mate. I know. Yeah, I love, I love these it. things, and yeah. these are um, ex- essentially like gaming wraps. If you think of like a, a little uh, thing that a a workman might keep his tools in. Exactly. Yeah, like a tool wrap. Yeah, that's right. Except it's got space for your uh, little notebook, mm-hmm. your little pens. And then there's a pouch for your dice, and it all and it all rolls up. See what they've done there. And uh, yeah, but it's it's. I got one with a black (laughs) outer lining, a little clasp on it, and a red red inner. It's very nice. And he sent me a a little transfer to put a wild die uh, thing on it. So yeah, love that shit. Love that shit. But Nick, you got uh, a thing for Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I did. Yeah. So so obviously I got the rule book for Christmas um, from Harrison, which was very nice. And then that's it. It's got. I started reading it, got into it. And I was like, wow. There's loads of supporting material for it. And then the old, you know, collective addiction started. So I picked up Vornheim, the complete city kit uh, by Zach S. Um, and this is essentially a big old city within a book. Um, it's fantastic. It is absolutely brilliant. There's um, random dice generators actually built into the front of the um, back cover, so it's a hard back. And then you literally, you know, while you're running a game, you can just throw a D4 onto the front cover or the back cover, and it will automatically generate something. And um, the sleeve is a giant map of a city. Oh, wow! How big that is! Yeah, that looks amazing. Up. Yeah, so, so you can just. <clears throat> 
plonk that down on the mm-hmm. table. No printing required. No printing required at all. And then you've got you've just got so much information on on different things you can have within a city to keep this to keep the city feeling alive. You know, um, nothing's kind of um, unique to certain areas. It keeps it very open, keeps it very fluid. Um, and I would say you could just use this as a toolkit for pretty much any game you yeah, like. Yeah, because he, he the way Zach S tends to write his setting guides is like, okay, this is a complete setting. However, if you want to rip stuff from it, you can mm-hmm. do that. Absolutely. Vornheim looks fucking cool, to be fair. Yeah. And he does really all the cool. artwork himself. Yeah, and the art's Great fantastic. Art. There's creatures, there's, there's there's conspiracies going on in the city. So there's, that is packed. Yeah, it's brilliant. And there's so much info. It shows you how to quickly write, uh, draw small maps by just putting numbers together. Um, and yeah there's just loads of great little tips uh, there's a bit at the back you've got charts uh, you know um, in Lamentations they love to give you uh, loads of condensed information on the front and back of the cover so it's quick reference and no no exception here so everything you need is like uh, like in the easy to access pages absolutely and so, yeah. Yeah, it's just tables galore so go check it out it's, re- it's a, what is it about I think I paid about £15 for this that's crazy um, it's cheap for you I, I got something by the same guy actually because um, I think we quite quickly found out that Zach S is probably quite prominent in the Lamentations a lot of noise coming from that book there sorry, Nick sorry, there we go. <laughs> yeah in the Lamentations sort of uh, realm hmm and we can use the word realm on this podcast because it's all about RPGs, right? <laughs> so take that. But I got a Red and Pleasant Land by the same bloke. And this has won all sorts of awards. Same as Vornheim. It's got Gold Any, Best Setting, Best Writing, Silver Any, Best Adventure, all of this shit, right? And a Red and Pleasant Land is... Um, it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland by way of uh, Lamentations. So this is all, fucked, all, all sorts of fucked up and very similar um, to Vornheim. It's got a really useful shit, a really useful shit, in the front cover, right? And it's got the whole map drawn out there, and then it's got all of the random tables uh, for encounters right there on the front cover. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And the thing about it is, is that in this particular setting, it's two kind of, like, vampire people that rule over the place, and the whole thing is, like, each square is kind of a different biome, and they're all ri- rising and... Um, like falling on different heights so oh, it, right. the way it looks is like really bizarre and strange and exactly. everything nothing works quite how it should so it oh, looks like yeah. it looks like a bizarre abstract painting the whole, oh, the whole thing or, or labyrinth <laughs> yeah labyrinth scene with Bowie in it when he's trying to get the kid and all the staircases are upside down and stuff that's that is nuts. exactly what it represents yeah. so that that's kind of like how it looks so the whole thing is it's got, it's got um, bestiary in it with like Zach's crazy artwork it looks oh, like man. the yeah. lovely full colour as well exactly Exactly. It looks like an old book, though. I love the way it's been made. Like, you know, the red hardback cover and then, like, the almost... Um, yeah, it's yeah, like cloth-type looks... yeah. um, sort of cover in it's that. It's like a classic it... novel. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it looks like. And it, it, it's, it's really, really beautiful written, beautifully written. You can read it like kind of like a novel. And just, it, again, it says at the beginning, just take ideas out of it. So, so, like, you can just take, like, the premise of the world. You can take just the bestiary or whatever. But it does say if you want to just use the whole setting, do it. And mm-hmm. it's it's really, really amazing. Um, other than that, i got a bunch of other shit. Um, I'll just talk about really quickly... Uh, mainly for Christmas and stuff like this, but I got Lion and Dragon, which is another OSR actual system. Um, but the reason I got this is because it's to support uh, Dark Albion, the Rose War, which is obviously the War of the Roses, but Ooh. sort of fantasified a little yep. bit, which is kind of a uh, a setting. And you don't need it, but Lion and Dragon supports that because mm. it's medieval, authentic OSR role-playing. Wicked. 
the cool thing that I quite liked about Lion and Dragon is that um, this is like it, obviously it's OSR and some people complained about our Lamentations review saying that we didn't go into the nitty gritty of how it works I'm not gonna it plays like D&D alright for fuck's sake that's what OSR kind of is but it's like D&D but it's quite simple to play there we go I've explained how it works anyway <laughs> Lion Dragon is um, it's medieval authentic so it tries to be sticked as close to medieval uh, actual authentic stuff as it is even down to the magic it's like real magic and how it was used at the time more, games of more Game of Throny exactly exactly yeah. to the point where you it actually even need to sort of when you roll for your character you need to say who your father was yeah, what his nice. job was yeah. and then uh, you roll for your background so mm -hmm. you can be a peasant um, or you can be a knight or a noble and you roll for that then you have to say what your lineage is and that's important in the game right. in addition to this like you know how in OSR games typically race is class mm -hmm. yep. that means that um, so your class um, can be Scotsman or, oh, okay. or, or yeah. a Welshman. Oh, nice. <laughs> so oh, that, that is pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool and yeah. I like that. So, yeah, it's, it looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, the Dark Albion, the Rose War is like, yeah, that's a setting for it, setting the War of the Roses, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, uh, there's another supporting book called Dark Albion Cults of Chaos. And nice. it's a big toolkit just for rolling up cults. Wicked. Which that's is fucking cool. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Love that shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's basically it for me. Um, that's that. Those are my lovely Christmas gifts. So uh, I just want to say uh, thanks, Mum. And uh, my mother-in-law got me Blood in the Chocolate, which is a great adventure for Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Love to know what she thought when she read that title. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's, it's, it's funny because this is Willy Wonka, but like a messed up Willy Wonka adventure. And we spoke about this on a podcast before. Yeah. And um, the funny thing about it is that she, uh, what I did is I have my Amazon wish list, and I've just got all the stuff that I'm sort of saving to buy later on there, right? And um, uh, Millie just said, why don't I just, why don't you send me a link to your wish list and I'll just send it to my mum. Millie's my wife. And um, she she said to me, why don't I just send it to my mum so she can get you something you really like? And I was like, yeah, fair enough. She sent it to her mum and her mum just said to me, I had no idea what any of that shit was. <laughs> Should I be scared? Yeah. And she, there was like all of this fucking weird lamentations <laughs> shit on there, like fucking, like the weirdest shit. And she just went, I, uh, she said to me, well, I bought you that one because I like the name. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Fair enough, there you go. That's a better reason than any, isn't yeah, it? So she's probably as nuts as I am. Yeah, there you go. Right, so uh, yeah, that's it for what we've been slaying and what we've been buying. I would say check all of those products out if you if you fancy. Um, Vornheim, Red and Pleasant Land, Blood in the Chocolate, Cults of Chaos, and Lion and Dragon. All really good shit. Mm, check them out. And with that, we're going to go on to the main subject, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Main. Subject. Ma -ma Magic. Main. Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. D&D, &D, and it's become popular with children anywhere from grammar school on up. Not so with a lot of adults who think it's been connected to a number of suicides and murders. The idea of the game, which is played by highly imaginative and intelligent kids, is to assume the role of one of the characters. One game can go on for weeks or even months. The problem seems to be that some kids take it more seriously than others, take it a step further, playing a character who brings them the power in a game they couldn't possibly get in real life. About two months ago, a green eyeball was seen up in the sky. This eyeball was so big it blotted out the sun, okay? So today we are talking about the satanic panic. Now, the thing about this is, 
is that we're going to get into a lot of subjects that viewers may find uncomfortable. Do we care? No. <laughs> definitely and not. Definitely not. So back in the 80s, um, obviously D&D was vilified by certain people for being satanic and uh, it was it was actually protested against by a lot of people and we're going to get into that in a minute and in addition to this a lot of uh, very strange media came out about this <laughs> and we're going to talk about that too and mm-hmm. we're going to get into all of these things and hopefully we'll, t- we'll try to explain how and why this happened and also talk about if there's any justification behind any of this um, should, is there actually any truth in the belief that D&D is satanic and please hear us out you know I know you're thinking of course there isn't but actually hear us out and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cover all of this Mm -hmm. so without further ado Nick what you got for us man you've been doing a lot of reading into this right some reading uh, a bit of research and uh, so the satanic panic as it's now remembered as uh, is a a peculiar situation that occurred in the early 80s Um, I mean Back in 1974, Dungeons and Dragons was arguably the first true role-playing game, uh, and by 2004, it was estimated that we, there was over 200 million people playing it, which is extraordinary for a, for a game. That's pretty cool. nerds. Um, Bloody you know, nerds. Did you know AD? Uh, was it D and D actually got put into the uh, like gaming hall of fame along with the swing? Yeah, that's right. The, the swing. The swing. Yeah. 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 So it is, it is, it is, it is up there with the swing, D&D. <laughs> Which one is better, listeners? Let us know. Let us know. But back in the 1980s, the game came under an extraordinary sustained assault from fundamentalist religious groups who feared its power over young minds. Uh, and this started really in 1979 with the um, tragic death of a 16-year-old child prodigy called James Dallas Egbert III. So he disappeared from his room at Michigan State University um, and the parents of the missing teen um, hired a private investigator, uh, Mr. William Deere, uh, to basically look into James' disappearance. Despite apparently knowing nothing about role-playing games at all, uh, this Mr. Deere uh, believed that D&D was the cause of Egbert's disappearance. After learning that Egbert had played Dungeons & Dragons... Um, himself before he also kind of looked around his room and saw some pins on a pinboard that really didn't resemble anything and he was like that that looks like a map that looks like a map of a boiler room Uh, it was crazy he was grasping but so he made this odd connection even though he knew nothing about the actual game beforehand uh, and he made this odd connection that clearly the disappearance of Egbert III is obviously connected to this game um because yeah, didn't uh, wasn't there? I, I can't remember if it's true or not. But forgive me, because I'm I'm slightly ignorant on, on this topic. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so James Egbert the third, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Did he die in a boiler room or no? Because no, he. All right, well, anyway, we'll probably get into that. But yeah. I, I believe that there was a lot of fabrication that he did based on a book that was later written. Right. right exactly. Yeah. That's it. Right. So, so yeah. Basically, he so he he made this weird connection that he believed that the uh, the disappearance was due to D and D and that he had found out that you know they'd gone down into these tunnels under the university to, to basically do LARPs which is a pretty cool idea really if you think yeah, about it sounds like a good idea you want to have a cool LARP you know you go down to a, a fitting area to play LARPs yeah, it in. looks like a dungeon you know exactly so anyway you know he made this odd connection and later on he actually found uh, young Egbert the third um, and he wasn't down in the dungeons at all or the, or the boiler rooms <laughs> the dungeons at yeah, a university yeah do you know what I mean uh, so but anyway so his theory was then taken as fact by the media and it caused an intense controversy over psychological effects of role playing games after several weeks Egbert gave, uh, gave himself up to, to the investigator William Deere anyway 
1980, less than a year after the incident, Egbert actually committed suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, it was. It came to light that the boy had men- mental health issues um, and also uh, drug addiction, and it was completely unrelated to the game. Yeah. Um, the guy had pre-existing um, problems. Bless him. So yeah. Egbert was just—he was just missing that, t- that whole time. He just time, was right? missing. Yeah, he was. He was missing. As far as I know, um, the 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 uh, James Egbert—he'd he uh, like attempted to commit suicide several times That's before, right. right? That's right. And yeah. and the thing is, is that that was some of those were even before he even discovered D and D. Exactly. So it was completely it was, unconnected. So, so William Deere was just a fool, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is that he. I think what it was is that people wanted that connection mm-hmm. and he, he was being paid and and as a result he just went well yeah you want that connection I'll give you the connection well, fuck that's it exactly, yeah. and he was he was a ruthless self promoter anyway this Mr Deer totally man um, and so yeah Deer, so Deer kept Deer actually kept the true circumstances of the disappearance a secret uh, until four years after Egbert's death um, when he released that book The Dungeon Master yeah I heard about that it's, uh, it's like that was that was the shameless cash grab as well because he was like I've kept this all a secret now I'm going to release this and I'm going to make more money off it by releasing the truth mm-hmm. I, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if you released like yet another book like the Dungeon Master Two the real real truth <laughs> yeah it had nothing to do with it I'm sorry but I made a lot of money out of it <laughs> um, so yeah he I mean he's not the only one to blame for this but he his book helped so he released that book after the death made a load of money on it it was a load of bollocks basically um, but you know why let the truth get in the way of a good story when you're trying to make some money um, so, <laughs> exactly man you know uh, Egbert's death due to a promise he made to the boy not to reveal the, uh, the truth behind it also when he met him and stuff so Egbert did suffer from depression as I said before drug addiction he had gone into hiding in, in the utility tunnels under the university um, during an episode of self-harm nothing to do with D&D as I said before um, but there you go and that's where that's and then obviously later on coming off the back of um, the steam tunnel incident it prompted a number of works of fiction including the novel Mazes and Monsters yeah. and also 1982's Tom Hanks film of the same name yeah because that 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 book was like really highly fictionalised and, yeah. and yet, yet loads of people read that believing like this is just a novelisation of true events yeah, right? and exactly. it's like it's, it's I'm like, the maze controller. Oh, mate! <laughs> fuck, fuck! It's so bad. Right, so that was bad. So that was a very bad, uh, very bad publicity stunt that that turned something that had nothing related to doing D into something that was a bit of a thing. But no, it doesn't stop there. It gets worse. So in 1982, high school student Irving Lee Pulling died after shooting himself in the chest. Despite an article in the Washington Post at the time commenting on how Pulling had trouble fitting in, Mother Patricia Pulling believed her son's suicide was caused by playing D&D. Um, it was quite sad. I've seen some interviews with Patricia Pulling and she does mention that, you know, she basically blames all of her son's pre-existing issues on the game because I, f- I don't think she wanted to look at herself um, in some aspects, which is quite sad. And they wanted to kind of think of any other reason other than the fact that the kid needed help to blame rather than yeah, maybe it was then his upbringing felt, maybe they were a factor in she it she probably felt guilty that she couldn't see it beforehand and, exactly. and decided oh here's something that has been deemed as bad so I'm going to pin it on that but exactly. you see a lot you know I mean it's like the, a lot of people you know who, who suffer from these types of things they turn to things like alcohol drugs things like this mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or even like in some cases escapism yeah. you know yeah. and then p- p- parents will be like oh it was that damn game it's the damn drugs that did it it's, to no, my it's, boy it's, yeah, and it's something like, before that yeah it's the re- you got to address the root of the problem not exactly. not you know the thing they're doing to try to deal with the yeah, root that's, you know? that's, that's their it. coping mechanism whether that's going out of control 
is something completely different. Exactly. This is it. And it's sad, but so that was the fact. So, you know, it was a pre-existing issue, but, you know, Patricia Pullen didn't really want to recognise that, and so she put all her emphasis on it was the fact that he was playing D&D. Again, it was clear that, the, uh, it was clear that more complex psychological factors were at play here. Um, Victoria Rockin' Charlie, a classmate of Irving, commented that he had a lot of problems anyway and that they weren't associated with the game in any kind of way. Yeah. At first, Patricia Pulling attempted to sue her son's high school principal, claiming that the curse placed upon him... Yes, that was the other thing. So she was adamant that basically from playing D&D, her son had a curse or hex placed on him. That caused him to turn the way he did and, and eventually ultimately kill himself. Wow. Um, so she tried to sue the school for that, first of all, um, uh, stating that the you know if the curse hadn't been placed on her son's character during a game run by the principal, then this never would have happened. She also tried to sue TSR, uh, the publisher of D&D at the time. Despite the court dismissing these cases, obviously, Pulling continued her campaign by forming a group, uh, a movement called Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, or BAD for short. You know, you know what, what I find? I know that, that we, we shouldn't joke about something so dark, but like, to, to, her son died. Mm-hmm. Bothered is quite a... Um, <laughs> Soft term. Yeah, I know. It's like... <laughs> It's like your son's dead, man, and like you should be like really fucking upset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bothered by it. Yeah, I'm. I am bothered I'm about bothered this. Bothered by that. <laughs> I'm bothered. Honest, yeah. I am hot and bothered about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, Jesus. No. I know. So anyway, so she created bad in 1983. Um, so pulling described D and D as, and I quote, a fantasy role playing game which uses demonology, ri- witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex, perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics, deviation, and other teaching. Yeah. Available now for $9.99. 99 <laughs> Buy it now in all good stores. Man, If it, the thing is, all of that stuff just makes you want to play it more. Yeah. yeah. Homosexuality, prostitution, I'm in. Hello. Satanic <laughs> type rituals. <laughs> Cut me up. off a slice. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I so thought she was trying to stop people from wanting to play the game. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Hyping it up a bit or what? Um, so Pulling and Bad launched an intensive media campaign through conservative Christian outlets as well as mainstream media including an appearance on the current affairs show 60 Minutes opposite D&D co-creator Gary, Gary Gygax so she went head to head with Gary Gygax Whoa. yeah she did indeed I wept I mean I said boy you know maybe somebody was going to really take and pay attention to this now and start doing some serious research and start stopping children from dying over something that they didn't have to die I don't think anyone is suggesting that you're intentions originally with this game were anything but but good it was a game to have some fun Mm -hmm. but in the light of what some people would consider to be strong evidence don't you really think that you have to rethink your position about the game and at least make known the potential for abuse of the game well I, I, I again have to go back and say there's no link that, that this is, except perhaps in the, in the minds of those people who are looking desperately for any other cause than perhaps their own failure as a parent for their child's death. And further, the, uh, anything can be abused. Are we going to try to go around and say, uh, this chair could be used by a violent person to strike another person. Therefore, it should have a warning label on saying, caution, this can be used to assault you with. I mean, she was adamant, and she fought this f- 
the, for the entire for the entirety of the rest of her life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she blamed her suicide on uh, she blamed her son's suicide on DMD. Uh, you know, um, bad also targeted violent occult related rock music, <laughs> role playing games that utilize uh, occult mythology and the worship of the occult gods in role player situations like Dungeons and Dragons. Blah blah blah. Um, in its heyday, Bad spread to Canada, England, and Australia, as well as giving lectures across the United States. It presented itself as a referral system for anyone concerned about violent entertainment. Um, although Bad obtained some success and support from the church, even serving as a legal counsel for eyewitness testimony, a gaming-related lawsuit, it was largely it's largely been debunked based on Pulling's estimates. So, so Pulling estimated that around 500 gamers would commit suicide every year. Um, in the end, you know, the US uh, Center for Disease Control, uh, also uh, I think the Medical Association of Canada, and also the suicide uh, the, the the study of su- suicidology in America, all debunked these claims. They found no correlation no links and their final ruling was that they're not connected I'm sorry but they're not <laughs> you surprised me Nick yeah I know um, so my, most of our points and ideas uh, not to mention credentials were uh, were well and truly ripped to pieces and um, yeah it's quite sad so later on you know 1997 Pulling died of cancer and bad essentially faded into memory um, the anti-RPG hype all died out really so yeah she did sadly die and it obviously lost steam but she did to her dying day still think that you know D&D causes the death of her son uh, does anyone want to talk about Jack Chick my crew is big and it keeps getting bigger that's cause Jesus Christ is my nigger I'll, I'll speak about Jack Chick real quick cause the thing about Jack Chick he, this was the thing that came out of out of all of this, right? Because Jack Chick, he was he was a holy, well, he wasn't a holy man. <laughs> he was holy warrior. Well, he was a, he was a Christian, right? A fundamentalist Christian, I mm-hmm. guess you could call him. Yeah. And he used to make these things called Chick tracks. Mm-hmm. And so they were they were like short comics that were supposed to educate educate the kids on on like Bible things, so, or propaganda. Uh, yeah, propaganda, and it <laughs> yeah. would be like. It'd be like, uh, this is how to live in a Christian way mm-hmm. via the medium of a comic. Because he just thought, as long as you put something in comic form, yep. that's what a kid's that's like. That's what a kid's like. It's like that thing, rapping for Jesus. You seen that? <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Where it's like, where it's like um, Jesus' crew is big and it keeps getting bigger. That's because Jesus Christ is my... Mani- no, I'm not yep, going to say it. And he does but, say that. Yeah, yeah they do say that. It's like that type of thing. He just yep. thought, Jack Chick thought that if you put something in comic form... Then it, it, then kids are gonna love it, and he made something a comic called Dark Dungeons, and we're actually yeah. gonna expand on that later. But Dark Dungeons was an uh, anti D and D propaganda made by Jack Chick, and it was one of his Chick tracks, and this was all about a girl that gets wrapped up in D and D, and the way he treats D and D is like it's a drug. As yeah. soon as you start, you're gonna want more. Well, but if you start, won't you? Won't you begin laughing? <laughs> And uh, yeah, this it was amazing, man. One of the greatest comics ever written. I, yeah. I read it the other day, and I've fuck, read it. yeah, yes. oh my god, Jesus, so crazy, I've seen the pictures. It's good stuff, man. If you want to laugh, give that a read. It's crazy. Yeah, so, it's like twenty six frames long, so it's good. Oh wow! So at various times in history, Dungeons and Dragons um, has received negative publicity for alleged or perceived promotion of such practices as satism, witchcraft, suicide, pornography, and all this kind of great stuff. Um, Certain religious groups uh, accuse the game of encouraging sorcery, which is hilarious because I've seen on a, <laughs> which I've seen on a, actually on YouTube. Go find it. There's people talking about you know their their what they've seen, and then one of them's like, "Yeah, well, I heard that. Uh, no, I've seen. I know someone that saw a a, a a person actually summon a demon with their D and D material just before they committed suicide, and that demon just appeared." And they're being completely honest about it. They are, they are adamant that they saw that happen. But why are they saying this? Because the thing I don't get, 
right, um, uh, is that why? What? 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 I'm t- why? <laughs> well, isn't there? No, because I don't get why they're saying this because they obviously haven't seen that. No, but isn't there this thing, right? Because their belief is so strong and they want to believe it, then they be- then they just fabricate this image in their mind and therefore think that they've seen it. You know, like when they do like um, like uh, in the church and then the priest is. Uh, performing live exorcists on people, and that's because they're all in like the same mindset, and they actually genuinely believe yeah, that they shit's g- happening. And then they just they just let it overtake them. So if anything, the people saying that they've seen these demons are are like it's mass the hysteria. people as yeah. bad as the people they're yep. trying to blame. Exactly. And as Nick said, mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. And apparently, with those exorcisms, they turn the heating up really high, and people yeah. actually get start going into fits and, and shit. because they breathe really rapidly and heavily they start um, yeah, yeah, they start like losing oxygen yeah, in their brain yeah. I, don't, I don't know if people like nobody's actually seen a fucking demon come out from behind a DM screen <laughs> no, no well that's what they think but that's a funny thing about um, it made me laugh about the Jack Chick thing as well uh, the, the Jack Chick thing's really funny because they're saying you know for someone that hates D&D so much if you actually look at his comics he actually remembered to put the D&D screen in every shot and it's yeah. actually really well done yeah it's, it's, it's not bad artwork no yeah. it's very good art actually I've seen it um but yeah i think the, the bottom line is what happened was a very sad few suicides were connected very very loosely to dnd and a few um bad people uh rona jaffe uh for starters uh william deer as well and also um the guy who wrote hobgoblin basically just capitalized on this by rap- writing some books that kind of glorify a very tenuous link that got out into the mainstream, people started reading it, and it started an hysteria that was completely unconnected to um, what they actually feel. I mean, even even Deer came out and said that later on, that he acknowledged that he thinks that a lot of it was down to his um, domineering mother had a lot to do with the kids' problems. Well, and, and around that time as well, Anton LaVey, the guy that founded Satanism, yes. he, he, was, he was literally just starting that stuff, and the mm-hmm. satanic panic was kind of happening just before all of this, and, like, I, I think that people were like looking for something to blame yeah like they, mm-hmm. they, the thing is is that satanism like realistically wasn't doing anything that bad no. and, and yet yet they wanted some some example like the public wanted some example to go here's how satanism is bad and it just so happened that this was it you yep. know what i mean yep. Yep. and i think that's kind of like what it was and you look at interviews with anton levain he's a nutter he's a bit of a weirdo but actually stuff he's saying ain't that bad no he I'm, just says it's the um so they're not even what, what I, I they, they, it's not that they really worship satan is it no they're just no. the opposite to christianity and that's what it is so they so all their symbols are like anti-christian symbols to show that they're not it's, it's just it. inverted that's all it I is i would call it an atheist thing if anything almost really? yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's weird. the thing is that is that but because it goes against what the church thought at the time mm-hmm. Well, they, 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 they could the opposite yeah it, it's is, the opposite and yeah. so they couldn't really that what the fundamentalist christians didn't really have anything to to hold up and go here's why it's bad yeah so when f- something finally happened mm-hmm. they were they were like here's why it's bad and that's why i think D became the whipping boy absolutely and the bit and the best thing they could use to stir up this hysteria as well is the fact that it's like it's not going to affect you because you're god-fearing citizens it's going to get your kids yeah and that's exactly. what you've got to worry about yeah, exactly you're thinking, um, right yeah. and instantly people just start panicking but anyway a lot of controversy came about and it actually led to tsr removing references to demons devils and other potentially controversial supernatural monsters from the second edition of ad and published in 1989 so they actually tsr actually got a bit scared by 
by it and they actually removed some of it from their games and um, these terms were later replaced by reference so they could probably put them back in later on in the 90s um, but they did actually do something DSR they did actually you know take it out and then they they put them back in again later on so that's a shame yeah it is a shame really I mean but the thing is it's, it's mostly harmless I feel yeah I feel uh, like totally. if you, if you well, it's if you, all fantasy fabrication it's all just in the mind isn't it just like a bit of fun that they're swords meant to be battles maiming killing <laughs> it's all make believe right poison is it <laughs> <laughs> I do feel sorry for the parents, you know. Um, of, course. of course, you do, but and I feel sorry for the fact that they that they saw it that way because mm-hmm. it's not it's not. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word brainwashed because it's not necessarily that. It's just the way they were raised in in the Christian yeah. fundamentalist Christian a, environment, like conditioning. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And if yeah. you had two options, you could like you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I heard that your um, your your son uh, committed suicide. You know, oh, can I ask why? And it's like, oh, do I say, oh, it's probably to do with maybe something I had to do with it, or do you just blame it on a book? It's a lot easier to blame. Yeah, because you, yeah. you don't. You can pin it on something, and yeah. then you're then you're out of it. Or mm-hmm. you could be like, we don't know, we never knew. Um, he had some mental issues we we ignored or didn't exactly. realize was there. Exactly. Therefore, that means it's my fault because mm-hmm. I'm a bad parent now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you and the thing is, if you admit that, you're always going to feel like a bad parent, even if it wasn't your fault. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's that's why it's so sad. And and I I, I really feel for them. I do. But then all those people that tried to capitalise on it like the mazes and monsters they caused the satanic panic it's their fault yeah. if, any, if, the, if the blame lies of anyone it's them three authors that made them shitty books that came out just after the tragic death of two young teenagers yeah like Jack Chick that that yeah. hoe that wrote um, mazes and monsters I can't even remember her name and uh, who was the other one uh, the, the, that director that made the mazes and monsters movie can't believe Tom Hanks starred in that that was his first lead role I know, and, but that, that brings us uh, comfortably onto our next point because um, obviously we spoke about Dark Dungeons written by Jack Chick and the Mazes of Monsters book and believe it or not, dear listeners, these were made into uh, major productions, I don't know, but Mazes of Monsters was actually kind of a Hollywood movie. Uh, it was it was capitalising on this in quite a big way and, and as James just said, starred Tom Hanks in his first lead role and he's he looks like a little baby in it. And I'll tell you what, right? He's still got the same Tom no, Hanks he, voice, though. Yeah, he looks like a little baby, <laughs> but his voice is exactly the same. It is, it and it's now. really, really weird and off-putting. Yeah, so we'll talk about this one first, and then we'll get onto Dark Dungeons, because yeah. that's a yeah. bit of a weirder one. So, Mazes and Monsters, James, you watched this. Yeah, I did. I watched it. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed it. Tom Hanks and his friends get caught up in a deadly game of fantasy. I am the maze controller. Until they take it too far. I propose we play Mazes and Monsters in a real setting. It won't be a fantasy. Too bad for one of them, because now there's no turning back. This is only a game. I know, I killed somebody. Mazes and Monsters. Saturday at 3 on ZTV, Fox 17. So take us through the plot. Well, what I will say originally is is that, um, so the film was based on Rona Jaff. Oh, so that's the lady. Rona yeah. Jaff is the, wrote, is the story writer, but her book was based on the inaccurate newspaper stories about the James Dallas Egbert III. Yeah, because I remember it really features pr- quite prominently the uh, William Deer. Yeah, he's no, in it. Yeah, and it features the yeah. bit with the, um, the the under the school with the the tunnels. The, the yeah, tunnels yeah. yeah. So essentially, what happens in the Mazes and Monsters film? is um, it's all set around college and they're just starting one of the years um, and this guy uh, called JJ he he seems to wear a hat 
in every single different day he's got a different hat which I think is hilarious but they're looking for a fourth player uh, to join their group and then Tom Hanks character comes in as a transfer student his name's Robbie in it um, he already promised his parents that he wasn't going to play it anymore because he used to play it beforehand and then he's he's a recovering addict yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how they're playing it right so he said he's not going to play it but then he's sort of looking at the notice board sees the advertisement for it and then JJ comes over to him and goes hey man join us and basically he's saying he's trying to back out of it and be like no I can't and he's like no nah, come along and then he goes to a party um, mm-hmm. and there's this girl Kate um, who he's then uh, attracted to, and it just so happens that she's part of the group. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, "That's a damn lie, anyway. That wouldn't have happened in the eighties. <laughs> a woman playing a playing a fucking RPG. Look, I'm sorry if that's a sexist joke, ladies and gentlemen, but in the eighties, a woman playing D and D in America, nope." <laughs> <laughs> and basically, they uh, the reason why he joins the group is just basically because of that girl. Because he's like, "Well, I fancy you, so Don't I might crush. as well join." Of course, yeah. of course. And so, obviously, a romance ensues between those two, um, and then they keep playing and playing, and it's good. Robbie plays a cleric, right? He plays a cleric, but he manages... I, I don't get it. It's kind of cool, but he said that his last um, level that he got his cleric to was level nine, and then he just plays the character he played in the previous campaign and brings it into the new one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They haven't done their bloody research. Yeah. Doing there. He just brings it straight in, and then he's just playing the person who he played before. Pissed and out. it's just like, well... Okay. Maybe you might do that, but I mean, d- let us know, listeners. Would you ever allow that? I bloody wouldn't. Mate, you're all level one and he rocks up with his level nine character. <laughs> to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? Know, or, right? or, they, or they might be like level 15, he comes in at level nine. He's like, well, you bring this weak ass cleric yeah, for this wanna... guy. <laughs> JJ, the, the main guy who set up the group, um, he. The maze controller. Um, actually in this <laughs> yeah I think they call it the maze controller in, yeah, in, yeah. in this campaign he was not the maze controller it was oh, this right. other guy oh, right. Daniel okay and he was the maze controller of the session so oh, JJ I, I was actually the, the words maze controller really, <laughs> really get on my nerves <laughs> yeah no. but he uh, so he he was a player in the game now he starts um, basically watered down version he starts contemplating suicide because they haven't played in like three days and everyone keeps putting <laughs> off like Daniel's got like exams to do and then obviously uh, Robbie and Kate are you know together and doing stuff but you know they eventually start playing again and then uh, JJ seems really uninterested and he dies a, a pretty shit death because he wasn't paying attention properly and it was basically like you walk forwards you don't know oh, we're talking character dies yeah all oh, right cool. yeah yeah character death so he's like he walks forwards doesn't see the pit below him falls down it gets spiked and that's what it a- Oh. And then, then they all shout him like, "Oh, I can't believe you did that! It's your fault. You weren't paying attention." <laughs> but that, that, that is like, isn't? But how would you not see the pit in front of you? Like yeah. that's so dumb. What a shit maze controller? Yeah, well, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> control the maze a bit better. You can. <laughs> but I think, come on, Daniel. <laughs> I think he, I think he did this on purpose, right? Because <gasps> what happens after this is that he proposes to start a brand new game of of uh, mazes and monsters in a new campaign, right? Inside the pe- the Pequod the Pequod Caverns the Pequod Caverns what yeah, a so name that's the tunnels then yeah yeah so inside oh. the Pequod Caverns which are basically like the caves um, they're sort of these aren't under a school they're away from school mm. um, obviously no entry you're not allowed to go in there and they're like if we ever got found out we get expelled but the idea is <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the idea is that JJ wants to be the maze controller but he's actually doing a full on LARP and it's kind of cool because you see them going into these uh, caves and they're using like 
pretty much just caving inside it because it's like narrow areas uh -huh. and that. But he set up um, loads and loads of gizmos around the place. He's, <gasps> he he manages to sit himself in a space of the caves where he can beckon his voice around the whole thing and True and and, sh and shout like orders to them or say a monster's there and stuff like this. See that oh, that, that game. That's yeah. maze control. Yeah, that is maze control in its finest. It sounded. It did actually sound great, and he made a whole map of the whole maze, so he Whoa. knew what was everywhere, right? Um, Go on, he set up like actual traps. Real. Wait, I'm talking about this like it's real. It's not. It's a no, film. Not, I have to remember that. Not actual traps, but you know, like a skeleton pops up, <gasps> uh, and then like he's he's got like a torch in its mouth, and then <gasps> and then it's pointing in a certain direction and stuff like that. And, and it's like, there's, like there's like writing on the wall and stuff. That so. Sounds sick. Yeah, it does sound amazing. I saw it and I was like, this would be epic fun to play. Yeah, but. What happens is, when they first go into the caves, um, JJ shouts that there's a monster nearby. Now, Robbie, yeah, Tom Hanks' character, he freaks out. He freaks out massively. He actually uh, envisions a monster in front of him. Oh, I, I think I know what happens. Yeah, and he starts freaking out. He's like, ah, help me, help me, help me. Everyone comes to save him, and then he's just like, oh, the monster was there, but he has been slain because he thinks he killed him. Um, and then they're just like, oh my god, man, you're like, that was great, really in character, that's awesome. And then like they sort of get back in the car after the session, they leave, and then Robbie starts sitting there, and then he goes, you know, he blesses them all when he gets out of the car. Now, oh, that, he's a cleric. Yeah, because yeah. he's a cleric, he's a holy man. And that night, he now starts having these fucked up dreams, and the first dream he has oh, is god. about... This is so bad. The Great Hall. Oh, right, yeah. Right? Um... And the Great Hall, who just happens to be a person, um, tells him that Wait, he... the, the Hall is a person? Yeah. What kind of fucking stupid Hello, Robbie. <laughs> it is me, the Hall! <laughs> Don't mind me, that's just my doors. <laughs> I need a waxing. <laughs> Somebody clean me. No, he actually tells him that in order to uh, oh, to uh, reach the higher level, right, he must change how he is as a person. He must be a solemn, alone being and be celibate. I IRL. Yeah, yeah. So that. the very next day, he breaks up with Kate, um, and then <laughs> fuck. Yeah, then he just kind no of no more masturbating for me. <laughs> I'm just being a true cleric. I gotta stop all this. Level fifteen spells. <laughs> I, I love that they read the mazes and monsters handbook, and you know under the spell requirements, it's, it's like requirements. Uh, fifteen charisma must be level fifteen cleric. No masturbating. No girlfriend. <laughs> no, no girlfriend. It's like, look, I knew this game required no girlfriend anyway. Yeah. It's fucking mazes and monsters. Of course, I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> Fuck me. So Kate, now is ex. Yeah. A bit later. How on. does she take it? Uh, well, eventually it kind of turns mutually because she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, well, have I done something wrong?" He's like, "No, not at all. I still love you, but we just can't be together." You know, and then somehow she just accepts it. Okay. Well, um, I mean, uh, to be honest, I'd accept it. I wouldn't want to be with that fucking nerd anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Cleric, fuck off, cleric. I want to be with a fighter. Look at that guy's arms." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, fast forward in the film a little bit. Kate yep. starts to worry about Robbie. Um, as she thinks he's staying in character a bit too much outside the game. Um, <laughs> and then see Daniel, uh, the the original GM of, of the Mazes and Monster game that they were playing. Um, he gets followed to the caves by Kate. Right. Kate mm. goes in there, mm. almost gets lost. Oh. Daniel finds her, they get out, and then Kate and Daniel hook up. Oh, oh no! What? <laughs> I know. So it's all right for the maze controller to hook up. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what? What class is Daniel? 
Oh shit! I can't even remember now. Well, as long as he's not a cleric, that's it's all right. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. He won't. He won't. He definitely won't another cleric. Um, <sighs> Thank God. God, so, I was worried there for a minute. Really in it. <laughs> all right, and then again, fast forwarding a little bit further. Oh, JJ has a Halloween party. Yes. And everyone's there. Robbie's there. Well, it's good because he's already got the props, so skeletons yeah, yeah, and that. And again, he's, I tell you what, the amount of hats that this guy has is amazing. Yeah. Like the first time he comes in, what are those um, hats in, uh, with the spike at the top? A German infantry helmet. All right, he's wearing a German infantry helmet in his own house with his mum <laughs> in the opening scenes. Wow. And Why? Then, like any other hat, he's got a cowboy hat, he's got, you know, the, the pilot's hat, he's got wow. a bowler hat, everything. It's in his like, thing. Yeah, he's hat game on point. And yeah. then in the in this uh, Halloween party, he's wearing a fucking um, Head. A hard hat. Uh, oh, what? What is wrong with this? That's fuck? a letdown. Oh no! It's I like crazy. the director actually looked at this, the older costume designer, and went, "Look, these guys are just wearing normal clothes. I haven't got much to do in this film. <laughs> fucking stick. I've got this collection of hats, and I'm going to fucking use them." Yeah, <laughs> I blew the budget on hats, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, at this, so um, we blew the budget on, on on hats and Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're yeah. Anything else is just you know Tom whatever. hats. <laughs> Tom Hats. <laughs> um, so yeah, at his Halloween party, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie's sitting there, uh, well, standing there, and then he actually leaves early, and he sleeps whilst the party's still going on, and obviously has another weird fucked up dream about the Great Hall. Um, Me again. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then he wakes up, um, and it was basically portraying that the party's still going on. So he must have left really early, slept really quickly, had a dream really quickly, and left really early. So he must have left in the space of an hour. He's or a massive something. nerd, isn't he? He's just, yeah. he's just had a 13 minute nap. Back on it, mate. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the great hall. He's an efficient fairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, this is where he goes missing. Right. And this is where his friends can't find him. They start sort of looking around. Uh, they don't know where he is at all. They call his home. Um, and speak to his mum. No, I haven't seen him. (laughs) (laughs) And then they um, search his room and they see uh, a map that he's created. Oh, right. So what what William Deere did. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's got the two towers on it. Is it on a pinboard? It was not. Oh, okay. No, it was not. It was just like a big sheet of paper that was rolled out. You can't expect accuracy. Come (laughs) on. Yeah. But then he's like, um, it doesn't represent anything that they know at all. Um, and it just looks like um, works with Tolkien because it talks about the two towers right mm-hmm. um, so they can't find him um, and they look for him in the caves mm-hmm. and then they realise well if he actually is gone how about uh, and, and we can get in serious trouble with this so they clear out all their gear from the caves um. and then after that a police investigation ensues mm-hmm. and then they believe that um, he's been killed by a player of the game the police do <laughs> And they can't find it. It's complete right there. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, it was all just speculation, but they're telling their, you know, the friends of the missing person, yeah, we think one of the players got out of control and killed them. (laughs) So what do you think happened? What do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Swords, poison. Spells, battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Yeah. That's the famous line. What? That's pretty far out. Mazes and monsters is a, a far out game. game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, after this as well, their friends start to figure it out and they realise that the Great Hall is a person. Because his still, brother... Still, just, that's still fucking annoying yeah? me. But go on, his brother, what, what happens? His brother was uh, called Hall. What? No. 
Or he had or maybe Hall in his character name, but um, they assume, oh, it must be his brother that they're looking for. Because a short story about his brother was one Halloween, he left and disappeared, and no one could find him. Yeah. Mm. So that's what Robbie's done. Halloween, he's left, no one can find him. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to uh, find Robbie still, and then it cuts to Robbie. He's in New York. Uh, he gets chased by a couple of muggers. Uh, he doesn't know what's going what on. What the fuck? Yeah, and then they're saying, you know, they say, what you got there? And then he says, these are my spells. I guard them with my life. These are my spells. I guard them with my life. Oh, oh no! no! I'd and take it for every penny he's got. Yeah, I would, <laughs> mug, I would mug him. I would mug the shit out of him for saying that. And then he starts running away. Uh, they corner him. And then they got guns. <laughs> he's like, he's like, my spell. He's like, Bang. Magic missile. He, like, he's, he's holding a little gem out in front of him, oh like no. it's, he's doing a spell. But then he starts um, imagining one of the muggers as a monster. Oh. He actually stabs him and kills him. What? Yeah. Robbie does. Yeah, he has got a knife in him, and then he's like stabbing it. Oh yeah, because it's just like ceremonial dagger. Uh, yeah, cool. Even though it's a flip knife in real life. <laughs> um, and then. Brilliant. Next part that happens is that he kind of comes to, comes around, and he calls up Kate, mm. sobbing his eyes out. I calls, killed call, someone. Yeah, calls up her dorm room saying. Hello? I have a collect call from Robbie Wheelie. Will you accept the charges? Yes. Robbie? <laughs> Kate, I'm in New York. New York? Robbie, are you all right? What happened? Oh, no, I can't remember. Robbie, it's going to be all right. Where are you exactly? There's blood on my knife. Knife? What happened? It's on my hands. I think I killed somebody. I know I killed somebody. Robbie, just tell me where you are. Uh, she directs him to JJ's house because he's uh, his parents' house there in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, meet us there. We'll, we're on our way. They get in the car and try and drive to him. So... After that, Robbie gets into the subway and then he starts going under. He's freaking out. He thinks that the sound of the subway above him are dragons. And then, oh, my God. Yeah, he's really freaking out and stuff. And then he actually comes across a hobo. And this hobo actually says... Is it a wizard? No, no. <laughs> he goes, hello, I mean you no harm. I'm just a, a holy man um, trying to find his way. And then he goes, they call me the Rat King. Because <laughs> oh, no. he's a hobo. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's totally something someone in New York would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he's like, oh... It's realistic. Need, that's the it? most realistic thing about this film. Yep. They yeah. call me the Rat King. They call me the Rat King. And he's like, can you um, please direct me? I need to know about the two towers. You know about this. And says, oh, yes, of course I know about the two oh, towers. Oh, the twin towers. Yeah. Oh. And so he gives him directions. Next part you see is that um, the friends have worked out that it's going to be the twin towers. They are running there. Rob's already... Robbie's already in there. They're going up and down the twin towers. They chase him up and down. And... They eventually literally get up to the roof section where Robbie is about to jump off. Robbie! Robbie! Pardue, what are you doing? Going to join the Great Hall. You can't, it's a trap. I have spells, I'm going to fly. You don't have enough points, I am the maze controller. Mazeka? Maze control? Yes. And I have absolute authority in this game. Game? Game. 
Bridget, what am I doing here? Kate, why can't I remember? Um, after that, um, they, you know, it goes to like three months later, and then they go and visit Robbie at his at his house, and they're like, his mum's like, oh, it, it's nice that friends are coming to see him because they hardly ever see him. Yeah, so what happens is they go over to him and they say, hey, Robbie, how you doing? And then he goes, and then he's still in character. Just so happens he's still in character, and he's looking, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, upon the lake around his uh, behind his house. It goes, "Have you seen these these magical forests? Have you been there?" And then they're all sad because they thought Robbie was would had not been his character anymore. Mm. But they all get sad, and then because they're good mates, they basically play a last game with him and pretend to be in character. What the fuck? So this game ruined him, ruined his life, right? Mm-hmm. Made yeah. him literally insane, and they just go, you know what? You could do a bit more, mate. <laughs> Let's give yeah. you some more. So moral of this story is: don't play LARPs. Don't, yeah. play, don't play. No, don't play in the first place. Yeah. So no. essentially, what it is is that he lost his mind to the game. Yeah. And that completely, he killed, killed someone. someone. He was almost going to kill himself. Yep. Um, and and he tried he to magic. attack a mugger with a gem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also he's killed him with his And also he's a brother called Hall, which <laughs> is the fucking that's the stupidest thing about this. Yeah, that is the stupidest thing. That's fucking thing. dumb. But in addition to this, right, that was that was amazing, James. Genuinely very yeah, good. Well I really enjoyed that. Now I don't need to watch the film and neither do you anyway. <laughs> which is very handy. But um I really wow, that was awful. But um yeah, Mazes and Monsters is a far out game, guys. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> See, and the thing is, I, I think that, that it was one of those things. Like, obviously, it was based on the book, but like, it's just the amount of stuff that, that is just like so wrong about it. People don't continue yeah. to be their characters when they're out of game. Although we did once meet somebody who did get so into character, and I'll keep them anonymous. But they were playing in a LARP, and um, they got into a relationship. Their character was in a relationship with another character in the LARP, yeah. and they got so into it that they were thinking about outside of the game and all they could ever do was think about that relationship and apparently they they were thinking about it so hard and they were like they were just uh, like so into it it was all they could think about and they nearly crashed on a motorway and they they nearly died and then they were like oh yeah shit maybe I should stop this LARPing for a while it's getting too much that's no but that's crazy because that backs up all the it's a bit like that it's backing up all the things so getting way too heavily invested well yeah, but again, I think you've got a. I think some type. I don't know. Maybe some some minds. But some minds. Play this game. <laughs> and maybe Robbie was a bit like that. Yeah. But I don't think. I just don't think it's ever like that. You don't. Yeah, I, just, don't go, I don't go to work and then start acting like Roland, trying to ta- <laughs> trying to attack people with gems with a whip and stuff. Yeah. But in addition to to that one, there was another film called Dark Dungeons. Now this was made from the Jack Chick. Um, comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll probably try to summarise this one a bit quicker. And no it offense. will actually be quicker because it's so it's it's a short film. Yeah, and it's based on Jack Chick's you know flip book comic pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, I mean the story is is pretty quick to 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 cover. Anyway. And the thing about this one is is it, is, it has a very very different flavour to Mazes and Monsters because this one is is um, probably a parody. Well, yeah. Um, the actual film itself was a Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, and and what they did, they purposely, uh, you know, it was just so they could bring it to life because they thought it was so hilarious and funny. Oh, is this the one that goes, RPG, 
Yeah, yeah, the funny thing is, it's it's satire, isn't it? Yeah, it's satire, and and the two kids, like the well, the two people that that, like go to play the. the, Oh, she's got the worst name. Her character's got the worst. Dark Leaf. Dark Leaf. Yeah, yeah. Black Leaf. Black Black Leaf. That's it. Yeah, and they go to they go to like play the RPG, and then they're like. Um, should we play uh, the seniors warned us against playing RPGs and then she's like I don't know if we'll be popular enough to play the RPGs and it's like <laughs> it's so funny yeah yeah. I, I do think it is a parody but James take us through the plot my man okay. evil will reign and we will bring it forth in the flesh how are each of you working to fructify the Dark One? Report! Astrology and tarot card sales are pulling more and more young people into the Dark One's domain. World politics are steadily progressing toward our one world government, naturally with our agents in place. I am excited to announce that this year more people have decided to be homosexuals than ever before in history. Role-playing games are the perfect gateway to embracing Satan and have spread far and wide across the land. If we can corrupt just a few more souls at this college, then the stars will be right. And And when when the the stars stars are right, he will awaken and revel across the world. Right, so Dark Dungeons, what's the plot? Well, in the film it is slightly different to the comic itself, but the comic's are easy to easy to read. Um, so what happens in the film, in the opening sequence, is that there's a satanic meeting going on, meeting a Satanist, and they're all reporting on how the you know them getting towards the, the Dark One is going on. Because as we all know, you can't play D&D unless you're a Satanist. Of yeah. course, yeah. And if you don't it. have a pentagram on the floor that you're standing in a circle around... It ain't a fucking game. What's the point? Exactly. Goat blood. Get that goat blood. Why do you think we were, my fridge is full of goat blood? Yeah. And <laughs> you then, need it, you need it. I've got, I've got pints of the stuff. <laughs> See, and for some reason, they are they are in the tunnels underneath the college, and Again, yeah. um, they say if uh-huh. we if we can corrupt just a few more people in this college, then the stars will be ripe. And the funny thing is, ripe. it's like in that scene as well. They're literally all standing around, like you know that typical like robes, oh, like, yeah, like all yeah. standing around in a circle. Oh, if we can corrupt oh, just a few more people, <laughs> then the stars will be ripe. <laughs> and then. Um, and then go, comes the title sequence, which I fucking well enjoyed. It was a bunch of dice and loads of loads of blood. It's Ooh, fucking brilliant. It was really good. So when you get to the after the title sequence, it starts with a couple of Christian girls who are childhood friends, all excited about college. I can't think of anyone else I would rather explore this bold new chapter of my life with than my childhood friend. <laughs> yeah, growing up in Aberdeen was fun and all, but now I'm ready to see the great big world. Just think of all the things we can do and all the souls we can save now that we're in college. And so they get they get into uh, their first day and then they get shown a reel-to-reel tape about the college and what's happening. Um, and right at the end, it says, Stay out of the steam tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then they see the the role players walking down the hall, and then they get told about them. And it's just like, yeah, that's the, them. The cool thing is about that bit is that when when you see them walking down the hall, they're, they're like, who are those guys? Hey, who are those people? But 
Those are the RPGers. We've been trying to get them thrown off campus for years, but they're just too popular. Until we can get them banished for good, it would be best if you just kept away from them. What's an RPG? You don't need to know. I've seen a lot. And of they look like the jocks. Like the, yeah. the main guy's like yeah. he's built as fuck, and he's yeah. like he just looks like he's the leather coolest. jacket. Yeah, yeah. it's, God, like, it's so funny. Bit, yeah. Um, so following that meeting that I just uh, had with the seniors, and also seeing the RPGs walking down the hallway. They end up going to a party with the RPGs anyway. Um, and they're like, well, you know, we've got to check it out because uh, maybe we can convert them to you know, hear, the, hear about the word of the Lord. And this party is like the fucking raddest fucking yeah. thing ever. It's like, like going there, it's like dubstep happening. Everyone's like <laughs> drinking. And then like everyone's like proper dancing, going on. Yeah, and it's, it's, fun. It's, it's literally just like, it's like, it's like... why you came tonight. Are you ready for the main event? Yeah! Are you ready to RPG? Yeah! Then let's get ready to RPG! 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 It's fucking great. And I really love the line that uh, Mistress Frost is the Yeah, that's, that's like the woman presiding over everything. Yeah. Right? Okay. She goes, let the games begin and may your roles be ever natural. Oh, <laughs> that's too good. That's too good. It. And then there's like a little montage. They've got some awesome terrain that they're laying out. And <laughs> there's loads of um, rolling and rage quitting. And uh, so, you know, people keep leaving the table. So, you know, obviously dying. <laughs> And apparently, apparently this is their game. They're just killing off all the players until there's other people left. <laughs> so it then cuts back to the satanic meeting and saying how they're all using the RPGs to learn them about uh, necromancy and magic use. And soon they'll be living it in real life yes. and Good fight calls. because they have to. Good boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's that good old gateway drug in it. Indeed. <laughs> so anyway, the, these two holy girls, these Christian girls, they start uh, basically flunking college because they're playing too much RPGs. Oh, yeah. we don't know how it happens. Know it happens. I mean, I failed my exams and I blame the RPGs. Isn't I wasn't it? playing them at the time, but retrospectively, I'm still going to do what everyone I, else did and blame them. I'm blaming them. <laughs> it's their fault. I'm blaming them. So. Debbie, the girl with the pigtails in it, she gets converted somehow to um, a real-life witch. Um, she just go, basically stands on the on the Pentagon underneath uh, in in the steam tunnels, and they said, "Yes, you're you're now a witch." Got and broomstick. Hand her a tome. Which Isn't is this a, because they 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 get them into larping? Yeah, like just, so Mistress Frost is like. You've never experienced the thrill of a an no, L A R P. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what's what is what is an L A R P? Live action role playing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. What a jingle! <laughs> and then um, that was uh, 
that was just before um no that, sorry that was just after she got converted into a real um oh yeah so so yeah she's like real life witch and then of course now she can use her witch talents in laughing of yeah. course yes and it, we all know this is how it works uh, yep yeah so they give her uh, just that this laughing bit in shoes they uh, uh she gets handed a book um and then she opens it up and she's like, I can't read this. I think it's in Arabic. And they're like, oh, Marcy, didn't you learn Arabic to convert those um, those Muslims to, uh, because they were they were worshipping a cow god, the wrong god. And then she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can read this. And oh, then right, she reads this extract from the, the book. And then it, you get a, a cool cut scene of uh, Cthulhu. Oh yeah, I forgot oh, yeah, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about he's in it. Here he is. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. That's like got Cthulhu in there. Yeah, man. And then uh, essentially it sort of cuts back and uh, Mistress Frost kills off um, Marcy's character. Bitch. Uh, who is, who's Blackleaf. Uh. And then she's like basically saying oh yes you must leave and there's tell- they're trying to convince Debbie you know if you break out of character right now then you will lose the true power and stuff like this so okay. she has to stay in character and just tell her to leave fair enough and she gets really really she upset that well, she? oh yeah. yeah she so yeah so she kicks her friend out doesn't yeah. she they've been friends for ages but now she's choosing the RPG over her oh, oh what a bitch oh no and then yeah so she um she goes back to her dorm room and she gets changed into her Christian clothes yes. all wearing white. That's right. She then writes the suicide note yep. that's the exact same don't she font leave, don't and she leave notes. leave it on the fax machine? Well, she prints it out and oh, then right. it's the exact same font and everything as the comic, which I thought was a nice touch. There's a lot in the comic that they're actually doing word for yeah, word as well. They, and it's even like the same shot as the comic. If you look at the... Um, the comic and in the um, yeah. the the film, the the way the suicide note is laid out is and the, the actual shot is the same, oh, yeah. which yeah. actually is a nice touch. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. Well, it's, the, the slight difference is, is that um, in the comic she killed herself at her, at her parents' house, but here it was in the dorms. It made more sense. This well, yeah, way. I mean, it's funny how much attention to detail they put in for something they're taking the piss out of. Yeah, yeah. no, it was done very well. She hangs herself, right? Yeah, yeah. hangs herself. So Debbie finds Marcy and she's crying her eyes out and she's like oh my god I can't believe this has happened so she goes to the steam tunnels to try and fight the evil that she believes is under there Madame Frost well she goes under there doesn't find Madame Frost she comes across a monster that tries to attack her yeah and it's like this cool paper mache weird thing it looks like one of Andy Hopps creatures she's fighting a bunch of wet paper yeah Yeah. well it looks pretty you know and she's like she's crying she runs back to her dorm (laughs) And then um, she gets back. She's in a room, and then the, the senior comes in and basically says about, yeah, I've been uh, fasting and praying for you because I know what you've been under. Come to a service later because we've got someone who came out of witchcraft and knows what we're talking about. So she goes there, pledges her reallegiance to Jesus. Um, so there's little images of, of all the Satanist people sort of, you know, ghostly around her head saying, you're making a mistake. And then um, eventually they say, we're going to burn all the occult stuff and everything. Um, so meet us later on and we'll burn loads of stuff. They burn all the books. And like then a she, true witchcraft yeah. ceremony. And then she gets handed a, a white Bible. Jesus high fives her. And what? everything's good. Jesus comes out of five, the fire. High hey. fives her. Yeah. Fucking everyone's there. Joseph, Mary, Jesus. Job, Job is there. <laughs> fucking everyone, man. There's and fucking the- even the devil. But he's not welcome. So he goes back. And it just ends with her saying, Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. 
What a what a story. So Do essentially watch it, though, she pure satire, isn't it? Yeah, she she gets um, so invested in the game that when her character dies, she kills herself because she can't life. live anymore because yeah. her character's dead. Fair enough. Came out in 2015, didn't it? Thing is, we've 14, all, we've 14. all felt that way when our character dies. We've no, all felt saying. devastated, but we, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. No. Well, to be uh, fair, I got really angry when my character died when I was out on call that time. Do you remember? And you were texting me, and I was like, no, no! And I was because I was stressed anyway from call out, and I was like, no! You know what? We worried about you that you might go back and do a print out and hang yourself. Hang yourself. Yeah, well, I nearly did, you know, but I was out of print rink, so. So, yeah, <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. You know, the Dark Dungeons is actually a good film, though. Yes. And yeah, what, what I like is the two, two films, Mazes and Monsters and Dark Dungeons, are really diametrically opposed because Mazes and Monsters was made to stir up controversy. Controversy mm-hmm. and to cash in on the death of an actual human. Yeah. Whereas what this, uh, what Dark Dungeons does is really um, parodies what Mazes and Monsters did. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they it, even, you know, the speech in Mazes and Monsters where, oh, killing, maiming, poison, and all that. Mm. They use that in the Dark Dungeons yeah. film as well. Yeah. And, and they and, do it. They do it really well. It's a proper tip in their hat to that. Exactly. And what I like is is the fact that Dark Dungeons it's kind of highlights how ridiculous mm-hmm. Mazes and Monsters Mazes it's, and Monsters was mm-hmm. by sort of using some other artifact from that era as like a sort of uh, framing device yeah. do you know what I mean and I actually I actually like it for that aspect yeah. like it's it's actually good so I, I would watch you you recommend it James well I watched it twice hey um, because, there you go well, for, for research but also uh, for fun for fun for funsies yeah. yeah and uh, if you can't be bothered to watch that whole film there's it's a 40 jo- minutes yes yeah, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and there's a John Chon review on it that's very fucking funny yeah um, but yeah go check that out um, but that's pretty much it for like the whole satanic panic thing. It's a, I feel like it was a um, a very strange phenomenon. But mm-hmm. once you understand all the facts, you can see why it happened. Oh yeah, and you can understand how it all boiled up. But it was kind of strange. Yeah. Well, don't forget, especially around that time as well, religion was a really big thing, especially all like the religious movements. Which well, it still is. It was the Bible Belt that yeah. mainly that's got what, so hyped up over this. That's thing. why. Yeah. That's why it was so intense. I think because mm. everyone was just like, God, this, God, that, God will save you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it, it it was at that time that sort of. Like most people were Christian. I mean, yeah, yeah. at least in this country, I, I, I'm sure it was probably the same in America. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it was. Yeah, and it was it was crazy. Like, it, I think that um, one of the weird things is like in in preparation for this. Obviously, I did a lot of researching into actual magic and uh, uh, and Satanism and things like this and the, the types of rituals that were actually practiced to see if there was any truth in it. So like, did you perform any blood magic? Oh loads mate. No, I mean no. we did say I got a lot of goat blood in the fridge right but <laughs> the thing about it is is that, is that the thing that it keeps coming back to was the only thing that D&D has in common with Satanism right the only thing uh, it, it, the magic thing, right? It has almost nothing in common with that. Like mm. it, maybe tiny, tiny little bits. But the only thing it really has in common with Satanism is that Satanism is an inversion of uh, Christian beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Even down to the symbol symbology they use. The so, say for example, you that it's the inverted cross, right? Mm-hmm. And then also the fact that they they're um, uh, symbol is often a goat because mm-hmm. goats go away from the herd mm-hmm. and people in, within Christianity they herd into a church together and yeah. do the bidding of supposedly a god that's mm-hmm. not my beliefs that's what they believe right typically and within D&D you're often taught that you are the master of your own destiny 
and within Christianity, you're often taught uh, if something bad happens to you, well, that's God, God's will, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to happen. It's probably because you done something wrong. Or yes, something. exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly, and that's fate and things yeah, like this. Yeah. And um, in uh, in D and D as well, you're also taught that you do adventures that are kind of like uh, within nature and mm-hmm. things like this. Yep. And uh, uh, that's another thing that Satanism is like the big big fan of is that is that you're supposed to go out into nature and do things and, and even though it's only fictional within D and D you it, supposedly some Satanists do say that you that you're connecting with nature again Ooh, a little bit. Okay. One final thing is is that in, in Christianity and things like this you you are taught and I I, I I believe this anyway and a lot of people believe this to fear death. Because yeah. it's like a lot of times you go, God, have I, uh, you know, have I been, have I been good enough yeah. to get into heaven? Yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, whereas um, Satanism is all about not fearing death and embracing it as just another part of life. Mm-hmm. And D and D teaches you that because, yeah. especially A D and D, you died all the fucking time, <laughs> yeah. and you were just get used go, to it. Right, get used to it. Death is a part of life. That's uh-huh. a part of the game. Get used to it. Roll and, up and another so, character. Uh-huh. And so, to an extent. By accident, I'm sure that Gary Gygax wasn't trying to make it a Satanist game. By accident, D and D did have something, something in common with Satanism. Mm-hmm. By accident, and yeah, uh, the thing about it is, is that some some uh, schools of real magic, for example, the stuff kind of stuff that Alistair Crowley taught, when, yeah. and he was an utter, but um, he he would just say magic. The only thing that it is changing the universe via your will, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say, for example, you're a DM and you introduce people to D&D. Then you suddenly teach them they can be the master of their own destiny, they yep. can commune with nature, and they and they can embrace death, mm-hmm. right? Well, some magicians would argue that's a form of magic yeah. because you've taught yeah. people something via the use of a game. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. those are the only reasons I might say that there is some link but I don't know if the fundamentalist Christians at the time were thinking about nah, it. They looked past level. that and just yeah. went, someone died and it must be to do D&D because he had a book and that's it. And that's all we need. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the research that I did, I think might have been a bit pointless because I don't know if they were talking about it on that level. But I just think that... Oh, no, they were. It was all about that. They might have been. Some of the, I mean, go into YouTube and look at some of these interviews with some of these, um, what are they called, evangelicists or whatever they're called? Evangelists. Evangelists, that's it. Evang- somebody, go and check out some of these evangelists and what they're saying. It's just, I mean... They're clearly mad, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, hype, storm That's the teacup. If you look yeah. at from from the different angles, so there is some truth to it, yeah, and, I, I and like it. I say, I don't think it was on purpose, but I do think there are some little links, and I and like I say, I do feel sorry for all the people that were caught up in it at the yeah. time, but for those people that cashed in on it, they you know shame on you, sh- lot, man. shame, shame, shame on you lot. But we did get dark dungeons out of it. Yeah. And we got some funny quotes from Mazes and Monsters. So, (laughs) you know, but people died. So that sucks. It was sad. Yeah, Yeah. it was sad. It was a sad thing that got glorified for the wrong reasons. But there you go. That's the satanic panic. That may be the most sort of polarised segment we've ever done in our life. Yeah. Because there's so many funny things and so many unbelievably tragic things. So let's move on and do what we do best and do some stupid shit. Yes the hell that man I, I, I don't know what the hell is that I, I don't like it man what that uh, what that man what that run away <laughs> what that so uh, I'm bringing back an old school classic this is what that I've created a RPG related soundscape right yeah. and uh, you guys are gonna have to listen to this and sort of determine something from it now this time I've done a special what that right hidden 
Within this soundscape, this little audio drama you're about to hear, are the names of RPGs. So get a pen and paper, guys, because you're going to have to try and figure out all, all of these RPG names. Within the sound, yeah? Within the sound. Okay. What? All right, okay. Right. Is everyone clear on what they need to do? Yes. yes. Um, no. What is it, Mavis? Um, you said I'm supposed to be the hack master, right? So, I'm supposed to hack up all the goats for this here satanic ritual? Yes. Well, I don't know where to find the goat. Yeah. So I got some chicken breasts. <sighs> Look, it'll have to do. Is everyone else clear on what they have to do during the ritual? Yes. 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 Well, what is it now? It's just you mentioned we were going to summon Kabobo. And uh, I read the Gong Farmer's Almanac and I can't see nothing about Kabobo in there. <sighs> Cthulhu, idiot! The ritual is called the Call of Cthulhu. Oh, I see. <laughs> right, so if we're quite ready, hold your blackwood wands aloft and begin chanting, which will summon the Dark Lord, okay? Okay. Oh, Dark Lord Cthulhu, bringer of madness, lord of fiasco, crusher of low life, I beseech you. Come once again from your slumber to this world which steams with useless life and turn it into dead lands. Mutant cruel classics. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. Can we start again? Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Right, right. How so many did you get? Let's see. Let's see how many. Let's see what your answers are. I got seven. I got eight. Okay, so. Let's start with James then. Right, I got Hackmaster. Yep. Um, and then I didn't get the full wording of this, so I've only got the word almanac in. Um, so we can ignore that. We don't count that then. Right. Call of Cthulhu. Yep. Keep going. Blackwood. Yep. Fiasco. Yep. Low Life. Yep. Deadlands. Yep. Mutant Crawl Classics. Very good. And Nick, we'll go for you then. Yeah, so I got Hackmaster. Yep. Call of Cthulhu. Yep. The Grogfather's Almanac. Mm, close. Is it Gragfather? It's Gong Farmer's Gong. Oh, that's it. Damn there it. You go. See. I said Grog. Uh, Blackwood, Fiasco, Low Life, Deadla- Deadlands, and uh, Mutant Call Classics. Very Yay. good. The one you actually got all of them except Gong Farmer's Almanac. You spelled it wrong. Yep. There was one hidden in there very subtly during the chanting right at the beginning. Somebody goes. Shadowrunner! <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I don't think anyone would have got that. It's, it's really quiet. Shadowrunner! That crack. The amount of noise I had to make during that. It, like, my wife, I was like, I just need to record something quickly. And then I had to record the chanting over and over again. So I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking ages. You have the stroke in there. <laughs> yeah. Awful. That's yeah. fun. All right, I'm glad you guys had fun. Yeah, that was good. Um, how many did you get at home, listeners? Don't email in. <laughs> we don't but, care. But next up, we got something extra special for you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to see which of our single monsters is going out on a date tonight. Because it is time for Monster Blind Date. That's right. Let's meet the singles. And welcome to Saturday night's favourite show, it's Monster Blind Date. As always, we have three contestants here, and we have two people who might be taking these contestants out on a date. We get to know a little bit about them, and then whoever seems like the greatest data wins. Thanks. So, so let's welcome our two guests. Yep, thank you for having me, Nick. My name's Harrison. Uh, I look forward to taking one of these beautiful single monsters out on a date tonight. Um, it's it's going to be fun. 
do we do we really have to keep them behind the screen? We do indeed. Thank you. My name's James. Thank you for having me on the show, Nick. Um, I really can't wait. You know, I've been uh, trying to look in the monster scene for a date, and I've had no luck. So this is, you know, all I've got going for me. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. So I'm, re- I'm looking for, yeah, looking for a hot date tonight. Me and James, we yeah, obviously we don't mind sharing. So we're gonna take, we're gonna take one out together. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. Gonna sharing be good. is caring. So as you all know, you get to ask each contestant a question. All right. Well, um, James, we'll go for contestant number one. I would like to ask contestant number one, uh, if you were to uh, buy me a gift to romantically woo me, what gift would that be? Hello, and thank you for asking. If I was to buy you a gift, it would probably be the soul of a mortal. You see, they're very good to use, and they are uh, very nice gifts to put on a table, I believe. What a, what a guy. Wow. Wow. Lovely. I'm wooed already. I know. I feel, I feel a tingling. I feel a bit hot. Okay, and James, next question. And which contestant would you like to ask? I would like to ask contestant number three. Your favourite food and why? Yo, what's up? Yeah. Uh, so, my favourite food, uh, probably gotta be, uh, well, I don't eat too much, you know? Uh, I don't, I don't, don't really eat, though, but I've heard that, uh, 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 meat's pretty good, so maybe a bit of meat, maybe? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't know about that guy. Oh, oh, yeah, a bit fussy. He doesn't really know what they want. I like, mm. so, I like someone with a bit of personality, actually. And someone who's more decisive. Yeah, mm, yeah exactly. Okay, thanks. Thank you, contestant thank you. number three. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to ask a, con- a, a question to contestant number two, okay? Do you give good massages? <laughs> well, I try, but they often end up in the massage being consumed. Okay. Okay. So stay away from massages with you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and your next question and final question. Remember, this one needs to be a good one. Can this be to all contestants or I have to choose one? Absolutely. It's the final question. All right. All contestants, please. What is your favourite sexual position? Oh, good one. Good yes. one. Can't wait. Who would you like to ask first? Let's go in order. One, two, then three. Okay, contestant number one. Um, at death, normally. <laughs> what, how, what does that involve? Well, often killing, um, oh. and then removing the soul. And contestant number two. <laughs> My favourite position would be total consumption. And contestant number three. Yo, uh, yeah, my favourite position would be, um, probably... Well, it's not really a position, it's more, uh, it's more an art, if you know what I'm saying, but, uh... Necrophily? Oh, dear. Oh. Is that okay? Can I say that on TV? Oh, well, you've said it, so you might as well just keep it there. <laughs> okay, contestants, thank you very much. Uh, let's ask our guests who's going out on a monster date. Oh, oh. James, I don't know which one I don't to know. At the moment, I, I think, the thing is, if we go with number one... That's going to be... We're... Well, it's going to be the end of us. Well, no, because yeah, if, if we get lucky on a date, we're going to die. Yeah. Number two, all they did was blabber the gibberish. But I think, yeah. I think that one would give good... I think they'll give, give good head. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm not sure if we can have that on national television, well, but I've, never mind. I've said it, Nick. <laughs> um, so, look, James, which one are we going for? Now, I think three, actually, seeing yeah. he's boring, but I think maybe... He's, the, he's probably... He's the, the safest. One. Yeah. 
I think, uh, oh, but do we like Safe? Is Safe boring? Is Safe too boring? All right, let's go for one because yeah. he's a bit roguish and he might, he might actually, he might be fun. Although there's the risk of death, sometimes risk can be exciting. Exactly. Well, basically, right. the idea is not to get too hot under the collar. Okay, for contestant number two, please reveal yourself. Hello, my name is Jonathan Robinson. And I am a gelatinous cube. Oh, good. Oh. good to meet you, man. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, You've didn't broken work. my heart. Good Did to meet. How do I shake? Wait a minute. No, well, uh, just touch me. Uh, oh, hello. Uh, oh, uh, get off. Oh, thank <laughs> oh, it's all over me. All right. Yeah. See yourself out, Jonathan Blobbington. <laughs> and that's also me, contestant number three. Reveal yourself. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Leonard Fenchwood. Uh, you may know me as a lich. Oh, God. well, I'm glad we didn't go with him. <laughs> yeah. they, can, they can be grumpy. But um, anyway, uh, nice, nice to meet you, Mr. Finchwood. Yeah, nice likewise. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I would shake your hand, but I'm worried that I might turn into dust. Yeah, yeah all right. I see myself out, okay? Air five. Wee. See you later, mate. And let's meet our lucky contestant. Contestant number one. Let's remove the screen. Let's hope he's fuckable. Here he is. It's <gasps> Alfred Nimbleson. <laughs> Hello. It's me, the Mind Flayer. <laughs> oh, God, he's sexy. I like the tentacles. Thank you. Wow. Now prepare to die. I mean, dine. <laughs> um, <laughs> prepare. You Thanks. did mean dine, right? Yeah. You definitely meant to say that originally. We're all eating. Is that correct? Of all of us. Well, someone is. Okay, everybody, let's give them a big round of applause! <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks. See yourself out. Thank you. <laughs> someone please send help. <coughs> We're gonna die. Roll up, come and play Dragon or Blaggin, a game where you could win big. Under this box, do I have a dragon, a mysterious creature of mythical origin, or is there in fact nothing? Am I blagging? Well, find out now, only ten pounds ago. You, sir, come and play the game. Who? Me? Yes, you. Come on, come and play Dragon or Blaggin. <laughs> so this is Dragon or Blaggin where this is kind of a quiz thing and uh, basically the, the, the quiz is like there's usually one correct entry and a load of bollocks and the people have to figure out which one the correct entry is and James has done a little quiz for us Eat you, I have yeah. Eat you, James I have this is uh, Dragon the Blaggin the Dark Dungeons edition oh. so this is based on the film and uh, the questions will follow during the opening sequence with the satanic meeting taking place they report on their progress, but which report is the real deal? Is it one? I am excited to announce that this year more people have decided to be RPGers than ever before in history. Is it two? I am excited to announce that this year more people have decided to be homosexuals than ever before in history. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Or is it three? I am excited to announce that this year more people have decided to be part of the Dark One's domain than ever before in history. <laughs> it's got to be said. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's A because it's more people playing RPGs. I doubt it would be homosexuals. 
Well, looks like you're both wrong. It oh. is homosexual. No <laughs> it says, I'm excited about every year more people have decided to be homosexual yes. than ever before in history. That's positive news. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, well. Like, nil point. That's all right. Point goes to me. Put that in my pocket yeah. and keep it. You, you don't get a point. You're the quiz master. You're the maze machine or whatever it's called. <laughs> the maze <laughs> controller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maze machine. Yeah, maze machine. It's a good track song. Yeah. Track song name. All right, next question. When Marcy and Debbie have their first day in college, they see a group of people walking down a hallway and ask Mike, their senior with, who they are. How he initially responds is, those are the RPGers. But how does he follow up this statement? Is it with, one, we've been trying to get them thrown out of campus for years, but they're just too popular. <laughs> is it, two... If I were you, I'd stay away from them as they all perform satanic rituals every night in the hope of resurrecting the Dark One. Or three, don't join their club. You'll never want to do anything but RPG all the time and you'll forget about Jesus. <coughs> hmm. uh, I'm going to go with C. I think it's um, A. They, we've been trying to get them thrown out of campus for years, but they're too popular. <laughs> it is A. Ah. <laughs> but I love the delivery of it. But they're just too popular. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. What a film. I need to watch that. All right. When uh, Mistress Frost, the DM at the time, let's face it, kills off a bunch of players, what does she do with the miniatures? Does she A crush them with a tombstone B throw them into a fireplace or C just remove them and put them behind her screen it's not going to be C is it <laughs> crush them with a gravestone yeah I'm going to go crush them with a tombstone as well <laughs> no she she throws them into a fireplace but oh, right. really sadistically like she's proper enjoying it I need like, to get a fireplace yeah. <laughs> you just burn anything do you know what I used to uh, there's a uh, family member had one of them years ago and it was absolutely brilliant because it was just like a bin we was eating roast chicken once and I remember someone just threw the carcass in the fucking fire must have smelled good yeah best farmers for you alright next one so after Debbie reaches level 8 in real life and gets accepted into the covenant and converted into a witch what is reaching level 8 in real life anyway go on that's an age old question Marcy and Debbie are speaking to each other and then they decide to go see Mistress Frost to ask about getting Marcy to level 8 also. Also, Mistress Frost cuts their conversation off with enough chit-chatting we have important news to discuss. But what was it they said beforehand to have Mistress Frost cut them off like that? Was it A. Since Marcy is 7th level and I'm 8th level we're thinking we could take her take on something harder. B. How are we going to advance Blackleaf now that Elf Star is a level ahead? Or C, hello, Mistress Frost. <laughs> I, I, I think his. I, I actually think it's going to be C because uh, I think it would be funnier it, since the film's going for laughs. I think it'd be funnier if it was something mundane. Yeah. So it's like, hello, Mistress Frost. Frost. Enough chit chat. <laughs> yeah. I think it's C as well. <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Enough chit chat. <laughs> this is why the film's hilarious. Go watch it. Oh. Uh, and another one okay at the end Debbie burns all her occult material in the bonfire but what RPG books did they use as props in the burning ah uh, good question is it A Pathfinder B Dungeons and Dragons or C Hackmaster uh, it's, I, I think it's I think it's Hackmaster I don't remember because uh, it's I been a Hackmaster book yeah, I've it's been ages since I've seen it but I, th I actually think it's probably Hackmaster Nick? shit I'm going to go Pathfinder 
Nick, you're correct. Yes. There was oh. a more than one Pathfinder book. I think it's illegal to burn Hackmaster books. Probably. It should be. <laughs> yeah. It should be. Yay. Right, bonus question. Here we go. And there's, there's not multiple choice. Okay. But what other book was in burning in the fire? Oh, yeah, because I remember they, they, they actually put something else in there that was like like really weird. Like it was just a funny reference, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. I'm going to go for Nigella Lawson's Guide to Home Cooking. I'm going to go for Not Now Bernard, that childhood classic. <laughs> Not Now Bernard. That's the best book ever. No, it was a, there's a Harry Potter book. Oh. Just a random one just being burnt in there. I think that actually makes sense, though, because that, that's been accused of Satanism as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there we have it. Look, anything, anything with magic in it gets accused of Satanism. And to be fair, with, with fucking J.K. Rowling's recent fucking wind-up drunken tweets, I think that you, you, would, you would assume that there is Satanism in it. Did you see what she wrote? No. She said that fucking... Um, uh, the, the, before uh, wizards uh, adopted muggle plumbing... They used to shit on the floor and then just magic it away. And <laughs> to where? Another dimension. Yeah, I guess so. And the funny thing is, is that then they a lot of fans, like super fans, realised that that would that would mean that um, when they put the plumbing in, that uh, all of the plumbers would have uh, seen the Chamber of Secrets. And then uh, so other people like like people that look after her books and that had to come in and say, well, no, actually the plumbing was done in this very specific way. And it's like J.K. Rowling. Just stop tweeting stuff. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing to us? <laughs> anyway, uh, no. yeah, thanks for doing that, James. That was, that was awesome. A, that was a good dragon or blagging. Who won? No, no, well, well, no one knows. We know, if anyone out there wants to sort of tie up the points, you please do. <laughs> but we're, we're never going to. Um, all right, so next up, we're going to move on to Electro Letters, where we read your mail from around the internet. We better get out of this dark dungeon basement then, better we? <laughs> yeah, let's go upstairs. It's lighter up there. Back, out of the caverns we go. Back to, back to God's realm. <laughs> In the future you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. All right, so Electro Letters, as I said, we read your letters and mail from around the world, and um, we've got some general questions, and we also asked you guys for the most evil things a GM or PC has ever done. However, we're going to start off with the general questions. First one comes in from Greg Bruni. He says, hello, guys. One question I had for you guys after listening to your awards show was about the year, year zero system. He says, I've been playing Savage World since about 2004. I will admit that it has spoiled me in a way of GMing. I love the fact there is practically no bookkeeping on my part and the game flow is extremely fast, fast and flexible. It has kind of ruined me for many other systems. As Gary said on an episode of the Wild Die podcast, he would never run systems like D20 because he feels that like it would be going backwards. So my question for you guys is how does Year Zero play in comparison to Savage Worlds? Is it fast or clunky? I downloaded and read Mutant Year Zero starter pack, but since you guys have played it and loved it, I thought I would ask you that. Thanks, Greg. Nick? Thanks for asking, Greg. Um, As you're DMing it, I think that you should answer this one. I don't find it clunky at all, really. Um... No, I don't think it's clunky. It's um, There's a lot of generalised skills. Uh, it's quite straightforward. You have a skill and something connected to it, uh, and like, uh, that's an attribute, and you just roll a pool of dice, and that's it, and you're just looking for a six. I think it, I think it flows quite well. It's, as a GM, it's quite easy to run. Um, as players, do you find it... I find it I find it easy. Yeah. Um, my only thing is, is that I guess what Greg's asking is like, 
he he sings it low prep. So it, let's say for example, in Savage, like what you what you do is like if you want to come up for with like a character on the fly, yeah, it's piss easy. Yes, do you find that easy? Uh, in year zero yeah I mean you can you can knock it, I, I think I think Savage Worlds is easier for that um, but I wouldn't say it's difficult um, you know having the book's quite helpful because yeah. you've got a bunch of you've got a bunch of pre-gens well you can knock up a character in about two minutes yeah I guess if, you know, you, if you know what's going on you mm, can just do that yeah. totally but I guess what you could do in year zero because you do have to you have a certain amount of points that you you assign based on your age mm-hmm. and then you have a certain amount of points that you assign based on uh, to, to like skills based on your rank your rank yeah things that's like right. so uh, I believe so anyway uh, so so yeah you, you kind of do that and what I would say is like um, just if, if you want to create a character like really quickly just do like give them two in every every attribute exactly. and then just give them like you know two in three skills exactly same with Savage World D6 across yeah. the board nice and easy and it's same as you want to quickly knock up a character you know how many how much you've got to spend so just literally blow it on that yeah it's, it's, I, I think it's I think it's um, easy to play any character can have any skill except for their specialised skills so, so it's not like you know you've got to think about certain skills and stuff like you know they're all there just depends how good they are in that particular skill by giving them some extra points simple as that it is pretty straightforward to be honest with you um, I, yeah I, I, think, I think it flows well it's easy you've got it all set up for you've got this kind of you know whole area that you can sandbox it if you like and yeah yeah and the only thing is is as we say earlier it's kind of a blend between a story game and an RPG so what you've got to remember is that the mechanics in this game aren't really like the king it's Mm -hmm. it's, what it is about is about really generating an interesting story yeah Yeah, there's a narrative behind it yeah and here's the role here's what I got so how's it happened why is it it good why is it bad it really pushes relationships like Mutant Year Zero Gen Lab Alpha this kind of stuff you know actually on your character sheet it says your connections to each player who you look after your big dream it really kind of makes you kind of flesh out the character yourself so to create one's easy and then to make it yours and make it unique is is where it comes into its own but that's what's fun about it so if you have players at a table um, make sure that they are not focusing too much on mechanics and just focus on story and that, that way then you'll have a good time mm-hmm. um, other than that yeah it's. I think it's. I think it flows incredibly well and yeah. it's just as easy as Savage I've run so. Tales from the Loop which exactly. is very similar yeah. and I always find that yeah it always creates the best stories because you just you all you need to do is just focus on ask the players hey what are you doing and then you just say yeah roll that and it's, it's so simple and Tales from the Loop is even easier isn't it because the GM doesn't roll even have to roll yeah. so yeah that's even I love less that prep really or well, not so much prep but just on like while you're GMing you're not doing. You're not got to worry about dice rolls as well because you don't need to do them. So. Yeah, and I find that it actually allows the GM to focus on story. Uh, story. Yeah, yeah, same goes for for Gen Lab. I, I think assume. so. Yeah, definitely. Um, I bought the book as well because mm-hmm. I want to run it in future. Yeah, and you can. It's also compatible with the other products. Absolutely. So, yeah. I would definitely say check it out. Owen Lean comes in with the next one. He says, "General question: In the event of a No Deal Brexit, which one of you will be eaten first? Oh, Daniel's Daniel's comment made me laugh on this one. He said, "I'm sure Nick would just offer himself up because he's nice." <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah, probably true." But which one would which one of us would make the best meal? Oh, good question. Who's got the best meat? James is the I'm, fattest. I'm the, I'm the largest. <laughs> yeah, I've got the best ass, and there's good there's good meat in, on the ass. Yeah, ass. like rump steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's saying something. I don't know. I don't know if I would ass. eat your ass though. No. Oh. Eat your ass. Okay. Or you can blow my ass. Blow your ass. <laughs> uh, so, um, who would who would be eating? Who would be tastier? I would eat James. You wouldn't eat him. No, I would. I would eat James because that's like exotic meat. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd eat you. He's, up. he's the foreigner. I'd, I'd sauté you. Eat I'd my eat sausage. You, you get sautéed, and I would eat your sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Sim- simply put. Heard it here first. There you go. That's your answer. <laughs> so James, 
Watch out, man. <laughs> yeah, we come to eat. We're after you. That's fine. I'll hold myself up beforehand. We're not afraid of you! your attack points because you're scared so we asked you guys for the most evil things a GM or a PC has done and that you have witnessed and you guys came out with some good shit okay so Daniel Irwin he's, he's there he's always there man he comes in and he says nothing I would classify as worthy as one of those RPG horror stories but I, but I had a player years ago who had obviously just hated people. Oh. I can relate to that, man. <laughs> Played a dwarf in Merp, which is Middle Earth role playing, and we had a new player join. He waited until the fellow player's back was turned and then severed his spine. Oh. For no other reason than I didn't trust him. Luckily, he didn't last much longer. Whilst travelling on a merchant ship across the Sea of Rune, he was caught going through their wares and decided to fight the entire crew. They lopped off both his legs, yes, <laughs> earning him the genuine title of Stumpy before chucking him overboard while he was still alive. Oh, wait, maybe I'm the G- evil GM. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, That's poetic justice. That is one thing that I really, really hate in RPGs, is, is that whenever players come across something they don't like, their solution is always to kill the person. Yeah. So if you don't trust someone in real life, you don't just kill them <laughs> or sever their spine. I mean, maybe yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. But not sometimes. all the time. No. I mean, it always happens, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, guys in your way, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah. This guy said something to me, and it's like, I, I'm going to attack him. Why? Why would you do that? You pro- most more, most probably just have an argument and leave, or, <laughs> yeah. or like, or do something to mess with him. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. You would most most times in real life, you wouldn't kill him. Especially the amount of times you've played a fantasy game, right? And you're in the middle of a city, and then it's just like this guy's annoyed you, so I will kill him. I punch him in the face. It's like you know the guards are going to go after you, right? Yeah. I sever his spine. <laughs> All right, I mean, that is intense, isn't it? That's bad. I'd be mad. And against the player character as well. Mm. I know. Yeah, that's, that no is hot. I think. I don't think you were evil, Daniel. I think your uh, PC, NPCs chucking him overboard was what he bloody deserved, especially when he had no legs. Yeah, imagine trying to swim with his hands. <laughs> what about that one? I feel sorry for the player who got his spine severed. It's like you know, we're walking along. Oh wait, oh, just oh, because thanks. the guy didn't trust him. Yeah. What an anus. What an anus. Next one is from Connor Warden, uh, and Connor comes in with, I've heard about a GM who once flesh-crafted a piano in a dungeon. That was him. But it's probably creative use of mind control powers by players to get enemies to kill people they loved, then snap the target out of it and leave them to their broken life. Oh, wow. That's pretty That's pretty creative. What, yeah. So they've just, they, they've just gone up to an enemy, gone, kill your mates. And then, and then they just, as soon as the guy snaps out of it, they're just like, what have I done? So I have a look. And then the PCs are just like, bye, See you have fun. That's grim. Yeah, I like That's that. Grim. I mean, but I, would, I would do that. Would you expect anything less from the Man-Nano guy? <laughs> P- P-Mano. P-Mano, sorry. P-Mano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, was this his players or him? Did he do it? We want to know more. Connor but that's uh, that's good. I mean, if you've like got that. mind control powers, powers, use them creatively. Yeah, you know, and that's course. a good way of doing it. Yep. But the fact that like he's used the mind control powers on one guy, then the other guy that's left, he's like, don't worry, he'll be broken enough when he comes around. <laughs> yeah, don't we don't worry. need to. We don't need to kill him. We don't need to kill that guy. Death, death is uh, is easy for this guy after what he's done. Totally. Nice. Terry Hansen comes in with the next one. He says the most evil thing was my daughter's player character. We were playing Savage Worlds, anthropomorphized mutant animal ninja teen type game. Of course, as you <laughs> do. It's just standard. That's man. a mouthful. That's, that's a Tuesday for me. Mm-hmm. My kids' characters were finding their sensei who had been captured by an enemy clan of snake ninjas. <laughs> this story just raises further this questions. Awesome. Yeah, the does, more you go it? into it. Yeah. 
They get to the final scene and the enemy ninja boss is sitting on his throne with, with PC's sensei chained to the floor in front of him. The ninja boss is petting the sensei's head. The sensei was a white bunny, like he was a Bond villain's pet cat. <laughs> <laughs> Along the walls were ninja master's prisoners chained up so he could drain their souls and power his magic. My daughter thought this was the coolest thing ever. She told me she had been working for the evil ninja master for years as a spy. Now was the time to reveal her deception and attack. Her character was behind the other players, and she just starts shooting them in the back with her bow and arrow. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Before she kills her siblings' characters, I have her and a ninja boss teleport away to attack another day. They were already mad enough at her for being a traitor. While this may not seem super evil, my daughter was nine at the time. <laughs> While I was very proud of her quick thinking and role-playing, I had to ban them from being killing and attacking their siblings in future games. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. That's brilliant. So, I... so she just like totally sympathised with the villain. Yeah. yeah. Love it. That's cracking. At nine years old. Evil genius. <laughs> wow. You want to keep an eye on her, Terry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Next one comes in from Conrad Erasmus Neubert. And Conrad says... Uh, there was a lot of torture the PCs did to evil NPCs back when I was GMing D and D. You know that's common, man. Yeah, people do it, lot. don't they? Mm-hmm. I remember back in the, back in the day, James did it to somebody, right? He was fucking lawful good, and oh, just yeah. for a whole session, just bloody forgot. And <laughs> yeah. they, they were just all they were doing was looking for some information. And it's like I tied someone up to a rope and then hung them from a, a ceiling beam for like twenty four hours. Ooh. Yeah, started beating on them. They Ooh. weren't saying anything, so he left them there. Oh. And then we forgot and burnt the house down. Oh, yeah, we've had some bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were like, right, <laughs> we've got we, we to get rid of this evidence, right? Let's burn it down. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, these guys were like lawful good alignments, right? And and they were just like, for, for a moment, James was like, well, we've got to get this information. See, there's there's a difference between like, like because most people will bend their alignment but not break, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah. most people will. I mean, we've all done it in real life at mm-hmm. times. You've gone, I know this isn't right, but I've got to do it. Yeah, and then, yeah. you you know, you will... Take it out of the bum, you know. <laughs> but, the, but the thing about it is, is that like everyone breaks, you know, bends but doesn't break. And in this case, James bent so far, it was just like, mate, you have, you are evil now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Back from that, yeah. This guy was hanging from the rafters, like they just hung him from the rafters, and were just like, boosh, boosh, yeah, punch bagging him, uh, and yeah. burnt him to death. And it goes like, please, please, I have a family. And James was like, we need information. <laughs> Boof. Yeah, mate. I was Where's like... the trigger? Where's <laughs> <laughs> Right, next one we got comes in from Owen Lean. Due to the actions of Harrison, I ended up writing an adventure called Doctor Spectacular and Co. and the Search for Gold, the Fuckening. On the second playthrough of this game, one player who shall remain nameless was playing the part of Satan Girl, a superhero of evil. The heroes found themselves in a corridor covered with giant cobwebs, which on closer inspection turned out to be made of sugar. Satan girl took out her electric power drill and used it to wrap up all the sugar around it like a piece of whirling fairground confectionery. Why does he call it whirling fairground confectionery? Yeah, candy floss. Yeah, yeah candy, flo- candy, candy floss. Candy floss isn't like a trademark, you know. It's candy floss. Yeah, it's all like over. <laughs> In the next room, they find a little girl playing hopscotch. Around her neck is a medallion the heroes need to open a locked door they passed a while ago. Before anyone else can act. Satan girl goes up to the child with her sugar-coated power tool and says, Hello, would you like some candy floss? Yay, the child says and opens her mouth widely. <laughs> the player winced and mimed pressing the button of the drill. Oh my God. 
Yeah, I heard about this. He just he like fucked her up. Oh, like, and the no. the girls just like ah. <laughs> oh my god! That so okay, great. that is evil. That is that's good. fucked. That up. is a great tale of that's fucking evil. That's fucked up. That's messed up. Yeah, that's fucked. That is right. That is fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> okay, and next one comes in from Torre B. Peterson. He says, "I played in a homebrew fantasy campaign about twenty years ago. One of the PCs had gotten a curse that turned his hand into some kind of undead claw thingy. <laughs> he eventually." Found a ritual to cure it. The problem was that it involved a human sacrifice. My character, a fairly innocent ranger and another PC, I seem to remember he was some sort of death cleric, helped the guy by kidnapping a young boy. We don't know the exact purpose of the kidnapping, but we had our subspi- but we had our suspicions. I don't remember how he persuaded us to help him kidnap someone, but I remember how shitty both of our characters felt <laughs> after the deed. Pretty dark stuff. But it was one of the best and most intense role-playing moments I've had. I can't remember if the ritual actually worked, though. <laughs> but to be fair, it was about That's 20 years ago. <laughs> I know, but that was the bit I was waiting for, man. Did yeah. he keep his little nasty monster hand, or did he get rid of it? Well, he kidnapped a young boy. Yeah. We've all done it. <laughs> We've all done it. We, th- not in real life. We, we, yeah. no, we did it in the zombie campaign, right? Yeah. In, in Nick's zombie campaign, like literally oh, maybe shit, session we two, we kidnapped a boy. And then fed him to the zombies. Well, I did. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is, this we is. were talking about that the other day, me and Sean. I mean, if we're going to talk about now, which we will now, our, our most evil moments that we've ever witnessed the GM or PC do, mine was probably, that was one of mine. Because my character became desperate. We were actually surrounded by a swarm of zombies. And we were like, we got we had this little boy that I'd kidnapped. That was pretty evil in and of itself. And then, obviously, we were surrounded. So I was just like, well, what can I do? And it was like... You just fed well, him to, be, to the zombies. I fed him to the zombies because the dad didn't want him back. He was just like, look, we, it's, it's dog-eat-dog dog out there, okay? If you're going to try and bribe me, I don't accept bribes. Okay, oh, yeah. so go fuck yourself. No, we he's most like, evil from both ends. Evil DM because he's not gonna like make his, his he wouldn't father. Bu- he wouldn't budge. Yeah, and then, and then and then evil player because we, we were like, right, right well, this is one more mouth to feed, and just hurled him into the and there was just like munch, munch. <laughs> well, he escaped thanks to that move. Yeah, 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 he saved you, did he? I think we touched upon my one with that with that super torture and then burning alive. Yeah, that was a pretty That's evil pretty thing you that did. Was, that was pretty fucking brutal. Uh, my, my, oh God, one that springs to mind for me was um, um, Balvazar when we met the girl that was possessed and I was just like, kill the child. And he just wanted to just kill her straight away. Yeah, and so, everyone else was like, no, we can't just kill her. And my character just didn't. So what happened was, is that this was during Solomon Kane and Nick's character was a witch hunter and he just had absolutely no tolerance for any anything demonic <laughs> or evil. None. And so this girl was like writhing on the bed like, like the film The Exorcist. <laughs> And uh, they were just, everyone was like, right, how can we, we've got to find a cure for this. And then Balthazar was literally just, kill the child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, funny. That was so um, one of the most heinous things I've ever seen two players do is when they um, did, diddle the corpse in uh, Saga of the Goblin Horde. Whoops. Oh, yeah. They were, there. they were playing goblins, though, weren't they? <laughs> I love how you... That makes it all right, then. <laughs> they, yes. were, they were playing goblins, and then one of them just followed what the other one did, so and then it was just like, oh, yeah, because the goblins... But, James, like, they could have had their own independent thought, couldn't they? Instead yeah, of just following blindly. <laughs> hey, but they were just reveling in the moment of being a, a fucked-up goblin. They've never really played a proper evil character before. Ever. Were they, James? Necrophilia. Yes, they, they are persons. <laughs> persons unknown. It's funny, it's, funny, it, it's funny how you know so intricately their thought process James I got told about it like you know yeah it was you James 
Dan, Dan, Dan. You did it. that secret for years. Yeah. You did it. It was me and Ryan. <gasps> you finally revealed. We yeah. spoke about this for years. Yeah, we always said we wouldn't say it. We told Richard like quite soon after it happened. Yeah, he was the only one that knew. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's out there now. Me and Ryan, we uh, killed some people and then did some stuff when they were dead. Shame on you. It's out there. It's out there. Now you know, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it for an episode. So we'll get, go, go on to the outro now. Sweet. Goodbye. See that professionalism. Are you three civilized? Yeah. Start acting like it. You stay acting like a damn bunch of heathers. Okay, so we do have an email address. That address is probably going to be changed pretty soon anyway so we won't give it out this time but uh, search for the 3T RPG podcast on yep. Facebook me, we all of that stuff and of course we'll be on Patreon as well so if you want to donate us uh, some money then please do that because you know we absolutely love what we do and we want to keep it going we donate we donate we recycle all of that money back into mm-hmm. the show so we're non-profit everything yeah. that you guys invest in us we invest back into this podcast yeah, yeah. exactly all of the links will be in the show notes so have a check yep. and, I haven't um, spent a penny on that on weeds <laughs> you know, I, I haven't spent, spent a penny of it on bleach <laughs> that's a very weird thing to say <laughs> well, but a lot of bleach yeah? do you know what now it does sound like we have done those things oh. but we actually haven't no, so we ignore haven't. that I need no, you to clean my bathroom no it does all go back into the show you need to yeah. clean your bathroom do you <laughs> is there a mess in there well because I've taken I've taken a page out of JK Rowling's book because I just shat on the floor but it didn't work uh, bleach is really <laughs> you, good you for possess bodies. not the magic yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, just it's, been, it's just been pointing a stick at it for days <laughs> it's, it's not going it's not going anywhere it turns out shitos disappearos it turns out I am a muggle and I'm ashamed to say it sorry mate that um, is a shame. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, new brand, everybody. Um, so don't be too scared when you see a different name. Uh, and everything sh- should be on forward, so and, you can use our old. And shit. by the time this pod is out, uh, most of it should have changed, so it won't be. It would be a nice smooth transition for y'all. Well, that's it for us, guys. So I want to say goodbye, and remember that D20s are cool, but 20Ds, well, that's a good time. <laughs>